Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's going on? It's My Take Radio episode 48 for Thursday, June 24th, 2010. Broadcasting live from the sweltering New York Big Apple at exactly 11 o'clock tonight. It's freaking 90 degrees. I am dying. So if you hear a little bit of background noise, it's going to be probably a fan because I will probably melt to death. Nonetheless, episode 48, ready to rock. The music you just heard was Street was actually the omen of Geneva, and the artist was Neko Frog One. You can download that or any of the other music from ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. The caller number, as always, is 347-324-3541. Again, that caller number is 347-324-3541. little housekeeping first, as always, to start things off. A lot of you have noticed that there's been a lot of New ads put on the site recently, um, shows like MMA Gospel, Born Stubborn Radio, uh, the Northeast Wasteland as well. They've all been putting up banners. I've realized now that the, uh, the whole Google Ads thing, while it is nice, is to, it's just too much of a pain in the ass. There's really no big payout. And I realized that in continuing to just build relationships, I figured a lot of the guys that contribute to the show in their own unique ways should be advertised. MMA Gospel, of course, a friend of the show. Born Stubborn Radio, also a friend of the show. And just a matter that it, I'd rather just do that and help other people get noticed that also maybe some of our listeners would like what they have to offer as well. So you're going to start seeing more ads that are not Google-based in the near future. There may be one or two in there, but it's not going to be nothing crazy. Uh, new posts, of course, of course, have gone up. Um, there's been some great stuff this week. Bronx actually wrote a good post um, about the upcoming Batman Beyond comic book that looks really good. So if you get a chance, stop in and check that out. I also put up a new Red Band trailer for the new Predators film. You can check that out as well. Also put up one for Red, which is based off a graphic novel from the DC Comics with uh, Bruce Willis, Helen Mirren, I believe, is in there and John Malkovich. Overall, that movie has a, has a great plot, has a great plot, fuck, I can't talk today, has a great plot and a few other things, but again, check that out on the site, the Facebook fan page, numbers continue to fluctuate a little bit, um, I'm actually adding some content on there as well that is small enough to go on the fan page, but not big enough to go on the site, you're going to start seeing more of that in the coming weeks, uh, the My Take Radio 3.0 redesign is currently in full effect, um, there's a theme that's actually being looked at that may be used. And the new forum, I'm testing actually three different ones. One of them will hopefully get the nod and will debut within the coming weeks. The My Take Radio app, as discussed, should be live in about three weeks. There's going to be some paperwork that's going to be done before. And um, that stuff should be finalized, I'm hoping, towards the end of July. 
And last but not least, I want to actually get into something a little, a little off subject, so to speak, and that's listenership. Um, I take great pride in letting you guys know the numbers for the show ever so often. Right now we're scratching pretty much 16,000 downloads combined between Libsyn and the Blog Talk Radio service. Out of those uh, 16,000 downloads, 2,000 downloads are from iTunes. So in addition to that, of course, the Blog Talk Radio service has their own criteria for downloads. That's scratching at 5,000. Overall, it's going to be 16,000 total. Hopefully, we'll be hitting that number today. But I have noticed something that has kind of gotten under my skin, and that's pretty much the fact that I see all these great numbers and I see all this great support, but the activity from the listeners is very limited. And for some reason, it's just, it's kind of run its toll on me in the sense that, you know, you've got 16,000 people that, that tune in to listen to what you have to say or are downloading what you have to say, and there's only 30 active members in the forum and 133 fans of which, again, there's no carryover from either the forum or to the fan page in addition to the chat. So just one thing, and I'm going to be actually putting up a poll in the future, um, how you prefer to communicate with the show. Is it, you know, because I can understand if you don't want to call in, and that's fine because you're either self-conscious or whatever. That's great. But I'd expect if you don't call in, there'd be some forum participation or some fan page participation. So it's, it's just something that's been bugging me the last few weeks, and I really want to address it further. So, it, you know, there's a ton of guests this week, so I'm not going to beat it up too much. I'm going to be joined by Blaine from Born Stubborn Radio, who probably is in the chat. He is the user soiled in there, so if you're in the chat, just say hello. Um, Angel Thanatos from GirlGamer.com will be joining us. She was actually at E3. She's going to share some of her um, some of her insight to the live presentations as well as the hardware and software that were shown. I'm also going to be joined from, by Trina from GamingAngels.com. She should be here um, by 11.30, as well as Kevin Baird from the VGN Network of Shows, uh, Video Game News Radio, Cleveland Sports Radio, um, Kevin's Odd Blast, just a ton of shows that, that Kevin works on. So he's going to be joining us. We're going to be breaking down E3 in detail, you know, the, the like, the dislike, what we hated, what we see potential in. Definitely want to hear from all four just because it's such a diverse group and they're all looking at, at those particular news stories from E3 a little differently. So I'm definitely looking forward to that, and they should all be joining us, um, I'd say, by 11.30 or so. Moving on, I want to just b breeze through MMA and wrestling, not because there isn't an abundance of news, but just because I know that the games and the movie segments are going to run a little long tonight. And in keeping with that, I found out today that if the live feed for the show ends, I can continue recording, so if any of the guests are still on, you know, the live feed for the show will cut off, but you will be able to listen to the show in its entirety via archive, either from iTunes or from the Blog Talk Radio service. So I figured I'd let you guys know that as well, given that I found that out just this week. Um, in addition to that, just want to run through some of the MMA stuff before I start bringing some of the callers in. Uh, first off, of course, with his loss recently, everybody's been saying that Chuck Liddell is on the verge of retirement. He actually sat down recently with Kevin Iowa from Yahoo Sports, and he gave a little insight to what he plans on doing with his future. He said the following, I'm still working on evaluating. I thought I did great before I was caught. 
I have to look at it some more and think about it. I think I look good and definitely was in great shape. I could have kept that pace for another four rounds without a doubt. He continued with, it's hard to beat the aggressiveness out of me because that's who I am and that's who I've been for a long time. People like watching me because of the way I fight, so it's hard to get me not to fight that way. There's a lot to think about. I felt pretty good, and I think I showed I can compete. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to rush, and I'll do what I think is best. I'm just not at a point to make that decision. Now, a lot of people, and I'm, I'm 50-50. They're like, oh, you know, he should retire, blah, blah, blah. I feel that he's really, put it like this, you shouldn't let nobody tell you when you should stop fighting. If he consciously feels that he can go out there and fight, and if medically he can fight, let him fight. I think he's going to actually come to the realization if he suffers another loss that this is it. And either one of two things will happen. Either he'll retire or Dana will have to cut him to force him to retire. Personally, I'd like to see him fight Tito Ortiz one more time because that's a fight that there was way too much unfinished business during the season of The Ultimate Fighter for it to just go the way it's gone. So I really hope that Chuck has one more fight. And the guy's 21-8. and eight. He's a legend. And he was doing really good. He was in great shape. He was pushing the pace. He broke Rich Franklin's arm with a kick. This is a guy that still has some gas in the tank, and he got caught. It's a, it's a bit of concern, though, because, of course, his chin comes into question because, you know, he's been knocked out in his last few fights. So, again, if it's something where medically he's not allowed to fight, then by all means he should retire. But if he thinks he still has gas in the tank, I think he should get that fight with Tito Ortiz, and that should really dictate whether he's going to be able to continue fighting or whether he should hang up the gloves or not. With that being said, before we get into some more MMA news, I'm actually going to bring in Blaine and Kevin just because they're going to have their own insight, especially because Kevin's been following MMA recently as well. And Blaine actually has a really cool story, and he's going to share some insight about the MMA fighter who ripped out his friend's heart, which was a bit of a new story that kind of went under the radar, and I have some thoughts about that. So we're going to bring them on just to um, add their own insight to the MMA segment. And I'm going to bring in uh, Blaine first. Blaine, you there? I am here. What's going on, Rich? What's going on, dude? Oh, not a whole lot, man. Finally got a, got a Friday off so I could come in here and chill with you guys. So thanks for rushing me in at the last second. Hey, man, not a problem. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. And before I, give, uh, before I bring Kevin in as well, just give the, the listeners that aren't familiar with your show a little bit a little bit about yourself and the show you guys do. Oh, God. Born Stubborn Radio, thanks to Kevin for spawning all this shit, by the way. I mean, it, it ended up just being a hobby. I mean, we're just basically, all I've been doing is just been talking to myself for a while and pulled a few friends in. And now it's kind of, the original guys I was working with, they kind of just kind of bailed and disappeared and nobody says anything. So then I just started actually getting actual friends I had in high school. So, it, you know, the conversations are, are way more fun now. And, you know, like I say, it's just a hobby. So we're just usually yakking, cut a couple shows every Saturday, every other Saturday. You know, we just kind of do it on our own schedule. Go to bornstubborn.com. All the shit's there. Um, do you, have you ever given consideration to doing anything live or like how, like how I'm doing it now? Or is it something where it's just more... more better just free-flowing the way it is, and then you just let it just be downloaded and people give their feedback. Yeah, it helped. I was thinking about the live thing, but then I'm thinking, well, it's kind of hard to network up here in, like, rural Canada. <laughs> so that uh, you, you lose, it's not, 
I don't know, you can't really catch much steam up here. I'm not really worried about that anyway. But uh, we did think about it, you know, a little bit. But it, I think it's it's easier just to kind of do it whenever we want. Like if I if I'm off work on like you know early Friday, you know we can we can do a show. If I'm around on Sunday afternoon, we can do a show because we don't have like a set schedule. The the guy I do it with regularly, Brad, he's got two two and a half kids. He's got one coming in August. So I mean, he's just kind of he's a dad. You know, he can't really nailed down a solid schedule, so we just kind of do it whenever we got time, and like I said, every time we kind of meet up, we crank out a couple shows so that it covers us for a couple weeks. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so it's a little bit of an easier schedule. You know, the live would be kind of neat, but then again, the audio quality, I feel sorry for you paying for blog talk radio, man, because the audio is, is not that good sometimes. Well, it's funny you said that, because you actually had given me an idea, and I actually came across a USB mixer that's going to allow me to use a USB mic with it. So we'll see what happens in a few weeks. If I win it off of eBay, I can test it out. But um, with that being said, I'm going to bring uh, I'm going to bring Kevin in, and we're going to talk a little MMA. We're going to I'm going to shit on some wrestling, and then hopefully the other two guests will be joining us, and we can rip apart E3 like only we can. Where is Kevin? Good question. Mr. Beard. Hello. What's going on? What's up? Look at this. I'm on I'm on with Blaine. What was the last time I had I, I talked to you, Blaine, like three years ago or something? Oh Christ. Uh, never in person. It's only been through emails and like, you know, donating to the, the machine in the, that, in the very early days when we were taking phone calls, you called in a couple of times and asked us how we wipe our ass or something like that. I said sure. yes he did. <laughs> yeah, it was it was yeah, it was it yeah, that was I think that it was the end of the phone calling actually. I only did that for a couple of weeks and then basically said, Fuck it. We're, we're yeah, doing this yeah. Oh, I had to relay the conversation to the other hosts and things like that. It was it was really bad. Things things have come a long way, you know. Now there's blog talk where, you know, people can call in and um and then not hear what each other has to say because it gets all garbled and everything, but you know. Whatever. Yeah, technology's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> the evolution well, of, of course, the internet machine. Oh yeah, well you know it's funny because it, you know you said it before and I was and I'm surprised that we're, we all pretty much sound the same. Usually Kevin will call in and it's I'm talking to Zeus usually when Kevin calls in, so it I'm works out well. After you mentioned that, I decided to call in with my podcast mic rather than the. You know what it is when I call the when I call with my iPhone. That's when it gets super loud. So I, I, you know, blame Steve Jobs. So I, um, I switched to the mic for tonight's show. So you're actually just hearing me on the regular, you know. There you go. Well, Kevin, you know, of course, you, you, you've been on a few times. But nonetheless, just refresh the listeners on uh, your network of shows that you do and uh, how they can access them or listen to them live. Well, the best... The best way to find all the shows is to go to videogamenews.com, and the first post on the front page, if you click on that, it tells you how to get uh, Video Game News Radio, Midwest Wasteland, Cleveland Sports Radio, uh, My Take Radio, um, uh, Born Stubborn Radio, uh, Tumbling with Tumbleweed. Um, we also carry um, Karate Dogs. Um, used to be 8-Bit Memories. Now they're calling it the Steven Soderbergh Show. Uh, so there, we got a lot of stuff going on there, but um, the main show is Video Game News Radio. Uh, everything kind of grew out of that. That's the oldest show. It's the oldest gaming show on the net. 
Um, so, you know, you can definitely check it out. All right. Yeah, you just, With that I was just going to say, PGN Radio, man, those, you guys have been around since podcasts were even alive. You had to, like, post an MP3 on a website. Yes, that's yeah, true. We were using Shoutcast um, beforehand. And, you know, there, there are shows that have existed that are older. Don't get me wrong, but they're not, they're not um, reliably updated. You know, there were, like, some shows that, you know, that somebody put out, like, ages ago, and then um, there was, like, uh, you know, that uh, and things like that. You know, we've always been pretty reliable as far as consistently doing the show now, um, going on uh, what will be six years um, next month. So, yeah, yeah. doing it a long time. Yeah, it's a great show. I only subscribe to, like, a couple podcasts, VGN. Mike Dick Radio, and of course all the offshoots like the Old Blast and the I don't need to keep track of them. But thanks. I'm going to be doing a. Um, I'm going to be uh, hopefully um, go, go, joining uh, Corey Coleman on Spill.com. Spill's going to be doing gaming, and uh, oh, we're, going to, we're going to be doing gaming over there now. But I don't know any. I mean, I know no no detail at this point. It's um, it's all Corey who handles all that over there. And, uh, but, um, you know, it's going to, it's definitely going to happen, but I don't know when or anything. They oh. got their fest going on right now, but that's going to be a little bit more of a, um, it's, it's still going to be casual, but it's going to be a little bit more professional than VGN's gaming coverage because, you know, there basically is none on VGN. First, <laughs> <laughs> for about the first 10 minutes, and then it just gets off the rails. I was going to say, Spillbuck.com, that's how I found those guys, was from listening to VGN. So, we're going to get to see, like, animated Kevin Bryan, Larry Mack. We're going to get to see you guys animated? Well, just me. I'm the only one going over. Um, I'm working with Corey. Corey's getting a guy, you know, maybe. Uh, again, this is all. I don't know any details, but he's, he, he's supposedly going to be getting a guy from England and a guy from Japan. So, like, the you know, the, the three major markets are covered there. He, and then he may get in some other people. He may get some other people from Spill the movie side to come over and guest, but, um, you know, it, it's still, um, it's still a work in progress. And then it won't necessarily, it won't be animated at first. Um, it probably will be down the road, but you know, it's a gradual process. You know, we're, they're, they're starting with the podcast and you got to feel it all out and everything. And, you know, I don't know if you'll see me animated or not because I'll be there for a little while and then they'll be like, you know, everybody else works, but this Kevin guy's no good. So we're just, <laughs> you know, and uh, that, that'll be the end of it. But, um, yeah, but anyway, I'll, you know, there'll be more news about that as it happens and then, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, that's just another off. That's just another offshoot of everything that's, that's going in that direction. So That sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for you, man. That's, 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 a big, that's a big step, man. I'm very happy for you. Thanks, man. I, you know, uh, you know the good thing about something like that is if you get more exposure, then the other shows get more exposure, and everybody gets more exposure. You know, that's uh, that's, that's the, that's the name of the game. Right. And yeah, we're putting right. your coat. Everybody. Well, now that you know, now that I have you guys in here, I just want to, um, you know, go through a little of the MMA stuff, and I, I figured I'd ask you first, Blaine. I know, you know, being in Canada now, Canada is starting to get a. A, a huge MMA presence up there. Have you been seeing more um, schools or more of an influx of just MMA in the mainstream up there, or is it still kind of in infancy? 
they got a couple of really good shows on the sports networks up here, actually, that they're dedicated to MMA. So, and, of course, you know, Spike TV. But, like, the local stations, like the, I think it's like Sportsnet or something. Like, I don't know what they call them. They're all networked with other shit. But, yeah, I mean, they have these hour-long specials, like, you know, once a week, twice a week, whatever, and they're talking to, you know, all the different fighters, and there's all these schools and stuff, but it's a it's a pain in the fucking ass because, like, Ontario still is against all this stuff, so they can't hold an event here. You yep, know, they're like, trying they're to get a sanction. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they can do it in Montreal, and they, well, as you saw with the little Dell fight in Vancouver, but, like, if, if they could just get it into Toronto, I don't know what's up their ass. So I, I don't know why these guys, I mean, it's, it's a license to print money, these damn things. You know, so if they could just get it into Toronto, it would be, I don't know, it would be way more fun. I, I'd go, I'd want to go and actually see a fight. You know, I'm not a huge MMA fan, but, I mean, the UFC is like a juggernaut when it comes to this stuff. And to be able to go watch an event live would be, that'd be an experience, you know. And oh, GSP, yeah, everybody tells me. It's <laughs> rhythm, so. Sorry? No, I said, um, everybody says it's an experience. Trust me, I want to go the, uh, the New York uh, governing body is just rife with crooked politicians down here. So um, since pretty much New York has no money, they're saying that they may get it sanctioned, in which case um, they're going to pull the trigger then and, and do it because the UFC alone, their events can bring in $15 million per event. So if you do two events a year in New York City, that's $30 million without even trying. Not to mention, you know, the fan expos, when they do the expo, uh, the open workouts, any of the other parties and signings that they do. It's just a huge revenue booster for the city. It's insane how, like, the, like a city just, like, I guess there's all a bunch of fucking pussies running this. Like, why you wouldn't, why, why there's even a question why they wouldn't want to have one of these events is beyond me. Like, if you don't like it, don't watch it. You know, shut it off, don't go, whatever, who gives a shit. Don't pay attention to it. But the money they can rake in with one of these things, like like even this week they're having all those G8 summits up in Toronto, and they're spending like two billion dollars on security alone, you know. And oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, that's understandable. You need security at one of these world stage things, but I mean, if you want to start getting events, UFC would be again, like I say, a no-brainer. Like this is just a license to print, man, and they just keep. Turning them down. I guess it's because of the violence. I'm like, I don't know, man. Two dudes in a ring, mano y mano, want to kick the living shit out of each other for our entertainment. Not hurting anybody but themselves. There you go. What about you, Ken? How's the um, the MMA influx in Ohio? Because there's a lot of camps out there, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in in Cleveland too. Yeah, I don't know. I you know you, you see it around. It, it's so popular right now, man. It's it's just um, it's turning into something. You know, I. I I'm not sure, you know, it, it's not like, um, it's not completely mainstream yet, but it, it's getting close, you know. It, it, it's to the point where, um, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, boxing, I think, is dead. And, uh, you know, wrestling is, it's fake. You know, it's, it, you know, nobody yep. says, hey, it's, it's not really fake, but you know what I mean. It, it's not a real yep. sport or anything. And, and so it's like the only real fighting uh, you know, mixed martial arts is the only real fighting thing going on outside of, like, you know, say a sanctioned taekwondo tournament or, or um, a wrestling tournament or that kind of thing. So it's, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it, I don't know, man. I, what do you think? It, is it, um, it, it's got a lot of room to grow, but does it get to a point where it gets 
noticed and that too much, and then that becomes bad for the sport, you know, because then you get all the the soccer mom influence and all that stuff kind of hitting it. I mean, what's your what's your thinking on how big can it get before it starts getting more pushback because it's violent and all that kind of crap? Well, here's here's how it works. At least the way I look at it, MMA is a, a sport that took off, and, and you know, there's plenty of organizations, Strike Force. Uh, Bellator, all these other organizations. The UFC's kind of been the one leading the charge, setting the standards for these other guys. And with with the UFC in particular, they're mainstream, and they've added such a huge level of accessibility to their fighters. You know, if you go to a baseball game, or, you know, Blank can even reference this, if you go to a hockey game, how many times do you really think you interact with the athletes that are there? Probably very minimal, unless you wait outside the arena hoping to get an autograph. With the UFC, there's, there's such a greater accessibility. You go to the signings, you can go to, you can go to the schools, you can wait outside the arena. And these guys, you know, they're very happy, they're very humble, they take photos, they, they do stuff, you know, in the community. The, the problem with the UFC is that there's so many stodgy old guys that sit there and they go, ah, oh, this is, you know, this is human cockfighting, this is so violent. Look, it's four-ounce gloves, there's a ref in there, and it's controlled. I've seen more people get get killed in boxing than I've seen in an, in an MMA fight. The fact let of me, the matter is that it's uneducated. Let, They're very uneducated. Yeah, let, let me ask you, though. I, you know, I, I've thought about this, too, is it's like, you know, a lot of kids growing up, you know, that are younger dudes, you know, they watch all this stuff, of course. You know, and they grow up, and they're like, yeah, I want to be in, like, mixed martial arts, you know. And then there's schools, you know, they go out and they teach them. Uh, you know, mix mark, you know, to, to get in there and, and pick somebody's ass. And, um, you know, a, a lot of the old time um, martial arts, you know, was mostly uh, taught as, you know, defense. And where mixed martial arts is really teaching you, it, it teaches you both, really. But, you know, it, it teaches you how to go in there and whip somebody's ass, like, you know, handedly. And uh, I, I wonder, you know, do, the, do these schools still teach people, you know, never to fight? you know, you're use these skills in, unless it's for self-defense outside of the ring? Well, or are we going to have a bunch of guys, like, if we get into, like, a um, like a traffic dispute, I'm going to be, like, you know, on the ground with, like, Hoist Gracie choking me out. You know, I, you know, where's it going? That's all. Well, no, here, here's, the, here's the thing. A lot of stuff with MMA, see, when, when I was growing up and I watched, you know, Sunday afternoon kung fu flicks, it was everybody wanted to learn kung fu. Then as... You know, uh, new things came along. When Steven Seagal was out, everybody wanted to learn um, Aikido. Same thing with uh, Jeff Speakman. You know, I could run down to this Jet Li, Tony Jaa, especially with his Muay Thai influence. It goes in stages. The thing with MMA is that there's so many different facets that you can learn that they all they always tell you like, hey man, you know, don't you know, don't go out there whooping nobody's ass. You know, that's one of the things they do tell you, but there are certain derivatives and certain styles that make up MMA that if you learn them, they really do come in handy. If you study, put, put it like this, you're, you're not going to use Brazilian jiu-jitsu in a bar fight. But if you learn Muay Thai, if you learn good boxing, you know, you, you, the first thing always, and, and I say it all the time, and, and I have a shitty temper, is to just diffuse the situation. But if you have the tools to defend yourself, some, sometimes you've you, you got to hit somebody with an elbow real quick. Or, you know, just subdue them gently. You're not trying to go in there and purposely fuck somebody up, but what happens is when there's blood in the water, people will test you. 
That's one reason why I don't wear a lot of, like, tap-out stuff. You know, like, I'll wear stuff to support the sport and the fighters, but you get a lot of these guys that get that preconceived Superman complex the minute they put on a shirt, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, that guy has a tap-out shirt. Where do you train? Or, but it's like, can I not just like the sport? So there's a lot of that right now, and hopefully as the sport becomes more mainstream, there'll be less of it. If, if, yeah, you take yeah. that into the, if you take that into the streets, though, like your, your knowledge, like, you know, you know how to fight, you can, you're, tra- you're a trained fighter, and you kick the shit out of some guy, like, road rage style, it, you're a lethal weapon, are you not, being an MMA fighter? Well, yeah, you're, I mean, th- anything like that is always going to be considered assault. A lot of these guys, they really just have the discipline to not interact. I mean, there's one guy right now, which is War Machine, who I'm a fan of, actually, he actually is going in for a year because he got into a bar fight. Now, there's a lot of conflicting reports. Some people say he got approached. Some people say his friend got jumped and he went to help him, and, uh, and it turned into a brawl with, like, ten other guys, blah, blah, blah. The fact of the matter is that what I don't like is the minute something UFC, you know, related happens with a professional fighter, it's automatically UFC, you know, which, is, which leads to what you were saying about the guy that ripped out the other guy's heart, which... It would. It's actually a great segue into that. So if you can uh, share that story with us, I'm more than sure Kevin's going to have his input on this as well. Yeah, this is crazy. This happened a while back, I guess. I don't know. They're saying June 16th is the date on this article, but this guy Jarrett Wyatt, you know, Crescent City, California. Jarrett Wyatt is charged with murdering his sparring partner and accused of allegedly removing his friend's heart, tongue, and most of his face, and he has pleaded not guilty for a reason of insanity. It turns out they find this guy. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip down a bit. Uh, the 26-year-old mixed martial arts fighter faces charges of murder, aggravated mayhem, and torture in the death of 21-year-old Taylor Powell. Sheriff's deputies say they found Wyatt naked and bloody on March 21st. Powell's body was on the couch next to him with an 18-inch hole carved into his chest, and his face was mostly removed. But... At least this article said MMA fighter. Like, yep. I see what you said before. Like, most people just say, oh, that's UFC. I'm like, there's like, you know, ch- like fucking Chuck Norris has a pit fighting thing, and it's all considered MMA, you know. Yep. Like you say, not, not being mainstream is hopefully people will just kind of learn the difference. Yeah, it's really uneducated. That's why what Kevin was saying, it's like, you know, when is enough enough? And what happens is, you know, it's like when a football player kills somebody. It'll be like, oh, he played in the NFL for like five minutes. Oh, NFL football star. It's like, no, he wasn't. He was a he was a towel boy, and he held the ball for the kicker. He was nothing. And even that article, like, who the hell even knows who Jarrett Wyatt is? But, of course, that pops up on the front page of Google if you're Googling MMA. You know, this, this, no, this no mind in fucking California probably fighting in some little gym somewhere. Nobody, I don't even know if he was pro. I think he had like a 2-0 and record. So what, who even knows where he was fighting, but oh, damn. I'm hilarious. What, what defines well, a mixed martial Well, mixed martial artists are usually, it's a, it's, a multi, it's a multi-disciplined sport. I mean, you can take Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you'd be a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. Now, if you go in with a background in, say, collegiate wrestling and take Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you're starting to build the foundation for a mixed martial artist. I mean, you can be a one-dimensional mixed martial artist where you come in and you just rely on your wrestling and do lay and pray. And um, but but so like the, eventually... So like a little kid that like the YMCA to learn judo and gets like, a, gets like a white belt and does a couple of kicks, he can walk out of there and tell his friends that he's a mixed martial artist? 
Of course. I mean, there's always going to be some embellishment. Of course, you know, somebody's going to be like, oh, you know, how, what do you know or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's the same thing. It's about the company you keep. If you and, – and school is actually helping that because, you know, there's a lot of great collegiate and high school wrestling programs that are building the foundation. And what happens is when you're a collegiate wrestler and you get out of college, you aspire to go wrestle in the Olympics. But after that, there's nothing else for you to do. Now it's opening up a new avenue for some of these athletes that don't want to go into, like, the circus that is pro wrestling, and they want to instead go into something that's legitimate and continues to force them to be competitive. That's why there's such a huge influx of wrestlers. Boxers are transitioning over. Uh, karate fighters are starting to learn and becoming more involved, uh, sambo practitioners, because they're realizing there's, after you reach a certain level, there's nothing else to do. And it's like, how am I going to make money doing something I love? Oh, I can become a pro wrestler and then, you know, wear fake tanner and, um, you know, cut cheesy promos, or I can go and hone my skills and fight the way it should be, you know? Yeah. Kevin just got me thinking there with that comment. I didn't realize that I'm a mixed martial artist. I had a yellow belt in judo when I was 13. There you go. I, know. I, can, I can throw it down. I'm useless after I tip you over, but, you know. That's it. There you go. So, impress the ladies. Oh, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really crazy, man. These, these guys, you know, there's the, there's the quasi the quasi douches that they go, and, you know, they take a couple of classes three times a week, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to be a professional fighter, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's like, look, unless you legitimately get punched in the face, like, on a daily basis, like, th this is the way it works. You go to a school, you learn three or four different disciplines, a couple of promoters say, hey, we like you, you want to fight professionally. You go, you fight in a couple of cars where you make 250 bucks a night, 500 bucks a night, you keep doing it and keep doing it until eventually the right organization goes, hey, man, I heard that guy's on a six-fight winning streak. Come fight in our organization, and that's how you get there. You know, no, yeah, no two-bit no two guy taking Tybo is going to be the guy to do it. I don't, want to, I don't want to mess with the guy that's got the cauliflower eater going on. That's the, guy that's, that's, that's the indicator. You've got to be a professional and have some, like, at least like a 1-0 and record before you can start calling yourself a fucking man in the, in the MMA world. Because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of posers walking around, man. I've seen some of these guys, and I'm like, really? That's what you Dude, do? cauliflower ear is a huge indicator. You see some cauliflower ear on a guy, you're like, yeah, this guy's had his head pushed in the, to the mat a few times, and he's just not pleasant because his ear looks like, 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 like a vegetable, and he has to drain fluid out of it a couple of times a month. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that guy alone. Yeah, that guy's got more muscles in his ear than I do in my whole fucking body. Exactly. It, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But um, it seems that our other guests are going to be joining us now, and uh, you know we'll, we'll probably come back to MMA to wrap things up and definitely some wrestling, but... You know, we're going we're gonna to kill this game segment now. Um, I believe that Trina from Gaming Angels is on. She will be joining us first. And I believe Angel from GirlGamer.com will be joining us shortly thereafter. Let's bring Trina in. Hey, Trina, what's going on? Hey, not much. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. First timer. Thank you very much. It's cool to listen to you guys speak MMA. Um, I actually love the UFC, and I, I was just watching the uh, last fight went out to Vegas this past weekend to see the UFC fight. Nice. Yeah, it's really cool. A little jealous, a little jealous, because I haven't got to see one, but um, how'd you enjoy the experience? It was great, and it was really cool, maybe because it's the guys from the reality show, but they were out afterwards taking pictures with fans and just 
shaking people's hand. You could go around, you know, at the bars later and see them. It was really cool. We even saw Chuck Liddell at uh, one of the restaurants. It's kind of neat, just chilling. There you go. How um, how'd you how'd you feel being in? Because a lot of people say that you know, it's, especially going in, that it's a it's a very testosterone heavy environment. I hate using such a PC term for it, but you know, the, I, I'm I'm running into more and more female fans that legitimately like the sport because they like seeing people punched in the face instead of them just looking at the at the, at the guy like a slab of meat. How, how'd you feel being in there? Was it were you comfortable in the environment? Oh yeah, definitely. And there are a lot of female fans there. It was awesome to see. Um, it's not something I see locally, but going to the actual fight was great just to see how many female fans there are. And, uh, yeah, I mean, people who know their stuff, too. It's not just like they're there to watch the guys. They were there to get in on the fight. It was really cool. Nice. You went, you went with your fiancé, right? Yep. He actually uh, edits the reality show. So. That's get out of here. He does? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's, that's fucking cool. See, now you got an end now. I, th- I think we, we're going to need to talk more often. But, um, uh, of course, uh, you know, E3 has come and gone, and I'm sure, I'm sure you know, w- all of us respectively have covered it our own unique way. But um, well, I- I'll figure, uh, I'll start with you first, and I'm more than sure Angel will be joining us shortly. As a matter of fact, I think she's on here now. Angel, what's going on? What's up, guys? Hey, Trina. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Good. I was excited to be on the show with you, Trina. I've never met you, but I've heard so many cool things about you, so I'm glad to be on the show with you. Awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. We, I'm surprised we didn't meet up at E3, but then again, we were both probably running around so much. <laughs> we were. Like, It sounds like a lot of fun, and it was a lot of fun, but people got to understand, like, it was work. It was like trying to cover all of Disney World in one day. Like it was that right. crazy. So uh, it, it was a good time. But yeah, I was I was hoping to uh, to meet you, but yeah, it just didn't happen. But next time, next time. Yeah. Well, now that I have all of you here, um, uh, I'll, I'll start. I'll start with the ladies first. Uh, Angel, of course, I saw all the photos you put and all the all the cool stuff you were putting up, and I was following all your little, all the tweets you were putting up. How, um, uh-huh. how, how, put, put it like this, how'd you react when you went in there and you started seeing stuff like the 3DS and the Kinect? Did, you know, was it stuff that you felt, now that you got to see it, quote-unquote, hands-on, that it has the potential to be revolutionary, or was it the typical, oh, yeah, this is great hardware, we're just going to throw it out there and people are just going to gobble it up because it has, you know, the Nintendo or the Microsoft name on it or the Sony name for that matter. You know, I, I found that I personally was not as impressed with the PlayStation Move. I felt that it was very cool. That was um, most of the focus of the E3 advertising. It was all across the entire convention center saying that this changes everything. But then I went to the uh, Xbox party on Monday night, the the night before E3 started, and got to actually play Connect. And the biggest thing that got to me about Connect was not so much that, oh, wow, this is revolutionary, ooh. It was that, wow, this changes the way that gamers look. 
I mean, you're no longer having a controller in the hand. Anyone can be a gamer just by stepping in front of their TV. And I thought that was that was very interesting for the future of gaming. Nice. What about you, Trina? What 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 jumped out at you? What made you you know think that this was the next stage? Um, you know, it was really exciting. It was really exciting that all of them, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, had something to bring hardware-wise to the table. Um, before E3, I was really excited about Move, but um, not that excited. Once we actually got to see it, um, just didn't wow me, uh, or much in a way that's different than the Wii already gives me. I got to agree with Angel. Connect blew my mind, um, and I really didn't expect it to. Um, it was completely responsive. It could sense someone in and out. The games that we played picked you up fairly quickly and um, really enjoyed it. Uh, the thing that really blew my mind, though, was the 3DS. I, it was just like, it made me excited like a kid you know, when I you know, first got my 64 or something. I mean, it was just those feelings again of being a new gamer and just a whole new experience that you can think about with 3D gaming. Nice. Now, of course, but before I ask Kevin and Blaine what they thought of the E3 coverage, I do got to say one thing. The the Kinect, while I do consider it to be revolutionary, I kind of feel it's just, you know, a motion camera, at you know, first and foremost. And it's a great gaming accessory, and I like what they're trying to do. I'm just not a fan of the rumored $149 price tag that's being associated with that. Because then you look at something like the Move, which is going to be, you know, humbly priced. I'm not saying it's going to be super cheap either. See, I can see the 3DS because it's a complete new piece of hardware, you know, being 200 bucks. How do you guys feel with the rumors of, of this particular um, piece of equipment being 149 bucks? You know, there aren't a lot of games for it just yet. Um, we did see a lot of new releases and a lot of fun games that made me want to run out and buy the Kinect, like, immediately. But I, I think that the price will go down. In fact, Microsoft has already announced a bundle, an Xbox 360 and Kinect bundle coming out, so which is going to be really reasonably priced. So I don't think that that will last long. Okay. Yeah, I happen to think uh, if they priced it at 99 it would fly off the shelf. But if they priced it at 149 or whatever, I think people who get to play the games ahead of time or get to see how it works, we'll, we'll be in. Like, I wasn't going to buy it at all, and now I have to have it on day one. So, <laughs> you know, so, so people will decide for themselves. Um, it's not, like, I don't know, it's not the same as, like, being able to play Killzone 3, you know, with, with the things or anything like that. You, it is more of, like, more kind of the sports games or the dancing or other things. So it's a different type of gamer, but it's just as fun of experience. So kind of depends. On the gamer. Nice. What about you, Kev? What do you think? Well, if you're, you know, with the price, um, I, I don't think it's going to matter. I, I think with Connect, it's going to be the girlfriend factor. I think Microsoft's smart with the with the whole dance game uh, because girls look at the dance game and think that I want that. I want to do the dance thing, and uh, you know they're going to clean up with it. I, I think Sony is aiming at the hardcore gamer, which. I don't think they're going to win that way because, you, you know, you've got to spend a lot of money for that one controller and then you got to get the camera and, and then you got to get the add-on. And then if you want to get another player involved, you got to get another controller and another add-on, the whole thing, plus the game. And the whole price of that thing skyrockets far beyond $150. I, I think, it, you know, 
for a couple of players, you're looking at over like 300 bucks. So um, I don't I don't think Sony's I, I think Sony's going to have another loser on their hands. I really do. Um, and uh, Nintendo, the 3DS. I don't know. I mean, look, it's it's a more powerful um, handheld, but um, they pretty much own that market all by themselves, you know. And um, you know, Sony hasn't put up any kind of a fight with the PSP. And uh, they, they almost didn't even talk about the PSP Go. There was, like, one picture of it during their press conference that they glossed over quickly, and uh, the rest of the time it was the regular PSP. And, uh, you know, basically Nintendo's in a war now with Apple. And as long as Apple's selling software for, like, a dollar a game, Nintendo's in trouble. You know, they're losing market share. Um, their sales have gone down on the Wii. And um, I don't know. I think they're worried, but I also think that we'll see a new um, – We'll see a new Wii next year. So, uh, you know, I, but look, I'm going to own all of it. I've got everything pre-ordered. So, I, you know, don't listen to me because I'm, I'm, I'm pro Sony, I'm pro Microsoft, I'm pro Nintendo. But at the end of the day, I think Connect's going to win because when you're dealing with casual games, uh, you got to look at what the girls want to play because there's a lot of money there. You know, they got the guys already. They got the guys playing Modern Warfare and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what they really want to do is get that girl market that, you know, bought the Sims, that uh, bought bought the Wii, that kind of thing. And, and the how you know, the, 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 the older people that want to bowl and stuff like that, the retirement home and all that kind of stuff. And I think with Microsoft saying now you don't even need a controller, they've out-simplified Nintendo. Nintendo made it easy. Microsoft is making it easier. And, uh, yeah, I don't think price will be a factor. I mean, people go out and buy $150 Guitar Hero guitars, and that game sold like, you know, like crazy, you know. So um, this is like it, uh, 150 bucks won't matter. Okay. What about you, Blaine? What do you think? Oh man, E3. I mean, Kevin's biased, of course, because he owns every fucking console in the world. I mean, the guy's got like all, every, you know, <laughs> he's got like every Atari edition, all 50 of them. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Looking at this E3 thing, I wasn't. I mean, I could I could have given a shit about Natal or Connect, whatever they're calling it now, and. Hearing the girls talk about it, it sounds, you know, like it might actually work. I was, you always worry about that little bit of lag, but it sounds kind of interesting now. When I saw the move, I just laughed my ass off. I'm like, okay, so now we got the PlayStation Wii. And then I was, you know, like, that's a cop-out, like, for Sony. I can't believe they did that. It's not even, they didn't even change anything. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I'm like, oh, look, there's a little, there's a little joystick in one hand. There's a fucking wand in the other. Thinking that's that's a fantastic uh, little deal. Of course, big difference, of course, is the mature content. Maybe they'll actually, you know, use that and you know throw some blood on the screen and people will actually buy it. But you know, I think they were showing was it Killzone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they showed yeah. Killzone on the on the on the move. Yeah. Yeah, so Killzone on the move. Leading obviously M-rated games could be kind of neat to see, but I mean. I guess I'm a fan of Microsoft because that's all I've ever owned is like the Nintendos and Microsoft stuff. And now my, you know, red ring of death thing is going to force me to basically crack that system open and fix it myself, which is handy because now they've got a new design. You know, I was happy to see the new Xbox redesign because that just means the old ones are going to get cheaper because I really don't want to spend money on anything. So I mean I will without be paying a hundred bucks for a new arcade after this red ring at a warranty piece of shit now. But I got such a large Xbox library, why why change consoles? So I mean E three's kinda E three doesn't mean anything to me because I don't have the money to buy the stuff 
you know, I'll buy, I'll probably end up getting Red Dead Redemption, and that'll basically hold me over for the next year. I'm still working on Mass Effect 2. I'm set. All right. That's, that's well, chick. That's all I got. I know. I mean, E3, whatever. All this new stuff looks great, and I'd love to own some of it, but, you know, I'll just concentrate on a couple of games and just keep on rocking the way I am. Well, I'll, like a year I'll, behind. I'll, I'll, hey, nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, there's there's no there's no harm in in investing in in smaller amounts and just enjoying the quality of the stuff you get. I'm all for it. Now, of course, I you know I go through all the all the news and all the stuff, and I'm like, okay, you know the uh, and you use the great term, the PlayStation Wii. It, it looks really nice. I like you know the fighting game that they were showing on the move and how realistic it looked, and, you know, it added a little bit of physicality to it, and, and I enjoyed that, but, again, it really, to me, was like, wow, you made a nunchuck with no wire, and a wand with no wire, and then you yeah. want people to use a ray gun attachment. I'm like, gee, this, this sounds blatantly familiar, like, and, and to, to quote what Blaine said, they didn't really even try. Did you ladies get that? get that vibe when you were checking out the PlayStation Move, did you guys go, wow, this is nice and all, but it really is a, you know, a blatant, you know, a high, higher end Wii. I, I was just jump in there for a second. I was going to say, at least if you're, if, you're, if you're Sony and you're going to rip, well, like not really rip anybody off, but if you're going to rip somebody off, you might as well rip off the Wii because, I mean, look at how many units that thing sold. So, I mean, at least they're doing it right. They're taking something that ain't broken. They're making it a little bit better. So they can't, I mean, I don't know if they're going to lose the war. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I can't really see a console war, but it's... Yeah, but, um, what, but the thing about that, though, is that it's like the Wii. So people are going to look at it and be like, well, I have that at home. I mean, when you're, when you're dealing with a market, you know, most of us, most of the people out there aren't as educated as we are about all the differences and things like that. You know, they go into Best Buy and, and they see this thing and they go, oh, the graphics look better. Oh, how much is it? And then they go, well, you need a PlayStation 3 and you need this controller and this camera and this, uh, this add-on doohickey here. That's for one player and you need two more for two other players. I mean, are you crazy? They're never, they're going to be like, well, how much was the Wii? It was like 150 bucks an hour or something because that, that's what Nintendo will do as soon as these things drop the price or, or come out. Nintendo drops the price, and you know the Wii's going to be like 149.99, and it, and uh, everybody's going to be like, oh, well, you know, I mean, they're not going to spend 700 dollars on this thing in order to pick it up. Sony's out of their freaking mind, and you know what? They came out with the camera, and they didn't support it, and they came out with oh. the, the six-axis motion control, barely did anything with it. I got a bowling game. You know, a couple of things where I got to like walk across a balance board with it. You know, apparently didn't support it, and uh, and and now we're supposed to go out and buy another motion control from them because their other motion control wasn't enough. Yeah, you know, Sony this generation to me is a big fail. They got their 3D now for the whole three people that have three 3D televisions at home too. You know, that's on the PSN stores. You know, that's the other thing they got. Hey, you can get you can get 3D. Okay, maybe Rich, you've got a 3D TV because I kind of expect no. that out of you. But no, uh, I, I don't, <laughs> well, you know what? Before I even give my insight on that, um, I, I will say this: the, uh, Sony knows how to manipulate themselves to make themselves look innovative, like the PlayStation Move look. Where let, let's not let's not blow smoke up each other's asses. It really is. Um, uh, you know, a, a $300 Wii. Just, it looks prettier, it's nice and jet black, it's, 
It's fashionable. You know, it looks cool. It has better graphics. Blah 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 it's blah blah. Balls. It's got blue balls yeah, on the end of the blue balls. Yeah, it has a, it has a little blue ball Harry Potter wand, you know, the yeah. gun shell. I like how it's singing to it. Looks like a microphone. There you go. See? That's what they should have done. They should have put a speaker in it to finish ripping off the weed so that people can sing into it because it's right. It does look like a mic. But yeah. what bugs me about the whole thing is the fact that they, they didn't say and they didn't even acknowledge the fact that, oh, you know, the PlayStation, the, the PSP is great, but... Um, yeah, we kind of fucked that up. No, there's no acknowledgement of that. Oh, just look at the move. That's all they're, they're going for, which is what I wanted to ask the ladies is, you know, when you guys looked at it, did you guys feel that it really was just a, a prettier Wii? Um, I felt that uh, it was a more sensitive, like, Wiimote, but in the end it really is a Wiimote. Um, but, I mean, it was really accurate. Um, the, the draw will be the mature games right, mature games that look amazing on your HD TV that you can play. I mean, that's the biggest thing with the Wii. People are constantly like, you know, the graphics limitations and stuff like that. So, I mean, you'll get the older crowd, probably mature gamers who want to play Resident Evil with the move. I mean, that, that's going to be the awesome part. Um, and I do have a 3D gaming or 3D TV, <laughs> but I haven't started. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't played any of the stuff yet. I haven't downloaded it. But I can't wait to 3D game. Um, I think it's... A, actually really fun, and uh, I, I actually look forward to seeing more of that technology. Okay. What about you, Angel? What do you got? What do you think? You know, I, uh, the, the biggest selling point for the move, like you guys were saying, is in other mature games. Um, you know, Arup was telling us about you know, the the first-person shooter and the third-person shooter that it's supposed to be more accurate and things like that. And from what I understand, they're only using a portion of the full potential of the PS3 that the, the capability of that system, I guess, is insane. And I'm not a computer person, so I couldn't throw out numbers at you. But from what I understand, they're only using a a portion of the full you know, um, abilities of the system, and, and they had brought that up with the difference with, say, like Final Fantasy for PlayStation versus Xbox when they brought it to Xbox during X10 this year. So I can see that the move would be a big selling point for, for hardcore Sony players where maybe they already have a lot of those accessories. Maybe they're just really hardcore into those games. The biggest selling point, however, if you're going to look at numbers, is that for those that attended the um, the Connect press conference, the, the entire show was aimed at the family. And like to the point where it actually got kind of boring for a while there. But then all of a sudden they threw in a Star Wars game and you could use the Force. You know, for oh, you, yeah. your arms and you can open, you could blast... Don't you respect. You know, so I think they're really aiming at different audiences, but I think, you know, it's like he said that, you know, I hate to say it, but they're aiming at the girls. Although I got to say I with that, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Angel, at Dance Central booth at the Harmonics booth, there were so many guys jumping up there to get to dance and stuff, and they were like, I know, oh, it was so fun to watch. It. Yeah. They wanted to get laid, Hello. <laughs> yeah. 
Those booth babes were, were hard, the hardest working booth babes I have ever seen. Those mm-hmm. girls were dancing. Like, they were good. They were good. And they made you want to get up there and dance. And uh, I did several oh, times. It was, it was a, that was my favorite game of E3, actually, with Dance Central from MTV. Well, I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in Slick. He actually has a question for you ladies, and I actually want to ask you guys after that, and you bring up a good point, what, what are some titles you're going to be picking up based on the E3 coverage? But let me bring him on real quick. Um, Slick, you're on the air. What's up? Hey, Slick. Hey, what's up, everybody? <clears throat> um, I'm just, you know, coming off of listening to what you guys said, both, you know, the guys who were in the D3 and the ladies who were. Uh, first, with the, the move, I mean, you take somebody who has nothing from the move system, like if they have to get the controller and the the whole setup and the camera, the bundle's $99 for that. The the Connect, there's no official price, but it's assumed that it's 150 And like you said, they're aiming to connect at the family. There was nothing really displayed for the Connect that, you know, would be for really for the people who already have the 360 because the 360, more than any other console, I would say appeals to the hardcore gamer and then the PS3 second, at least right now. There really was nothing for the the base of, P, for, of 360 fans. They're hoping to get that Wii audience, which means if, if you're buying the new one, because they're really going to phase out the old ones with this new slim 360, that um, they're going to have to spend $300, and if they're getting the connect, that means they're spending 450 I mean, fortunately, they didn't have to spend another 100 for Wi-Fi because that's finally built in, and the Slim console supports the Kinect. It doesn't need a, a separate power source, which is great. Um, one thing I wanted to ask the ladies who were at E3 about the Kinect, and for once I'm not trying to be funny, I'm being serious. The Kinect, before E3, it was said that it had problems Registering, registering dark-skinned people, you know, black people or anybody with a tan. Did you happen to notice with everybody who was playing around with it, did you see any problems with it picking up darker-skinned people? Microsoft is racist. I actually played with a, a couple of actually dark-skinned people at E3 during during private parties and then also at the actual expo, and I didn't notice anything like that. The only thing I did notice was that, um, you know, Connect is really selling itself as a party game. You know, things like your dancing games, kind of like what Guitar Hero and Rock Band were when they first came out. And I did notice that there was a kid there, and it had a hard time hearing the kid, like I think with the tone of his voice, because there was music and people talking and several games going on throughout the room, that I did notice that it, it was having a hard time picking up this kid, and it was a kid's game that he was playing. Um, now, they did have private booths on the Expo 
floor, and I I didn't get in there, so I'm not sure if that solved that problem. But that's the only thing that I did notice as far as it having a hard time differentiating things, but definitely not on the the skin side of things. I never did see um, any problems with the dark skin people that were playing. Well, you weren't playing. That's the thing. You gotta in order for it to you know actually. Not know. Yeah, I mean, everybody's playing with clothes on, right? So what does it matter what color your skin is? That's the yeah. unless you're talking facial recognition, right? Well, I mean, well, I mean black that guys. was one of the problems. That was one of the problems I had with things like facial recognition. Let me ask you: when you were playing, the places where where you played Connect, was it very bright? No. Yeah, maybe they had a color. Um, the first time I played it, no. On the Expo Four, it was very well lit. But the first, um, the first time I played it was actually in the VIP area after the Microsoft event, and it was dimly lit there. Okay. Yeah, well, and, I, and I remember. That... Um, I, ahead, say, I remember uh, Engai talking about that specifically that a year ago it, didn't, it wouldn't pick him up. Um, and then thought it was hilarious that they started the Connect um, Microsoft conference with a black guy moving around the menus and stuff. Um, but I'm Hispanic, and it picked me up just fine. Okay. So hopefully that means they fixed that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the the move, and you you saying how uh, Sony is basically doing what, Microsoft is not and supporting, you know, the hardcore gamer, which for that console would be the majority of the fan base. You said that the when you use the move, it did it feel precise or not? Ooh, dead air. Yeah, um, I have, and I'm just going to be straight up and honest, I've watched it used by our girls from Girl Gamer, but I have not actually gotten my hands on it because during that whole time, uh, I was actually, I did a lot of interviews. So I actually didn't get to try hands-on yet, so I okay. really can't honestly answer that question. From what I've seen and what I've been told from the video footage, it is pretty accurate because, again, we were quizzing them because, you know, we're girls and we're like, hey, you know, we like to play shooters. We like to play shooters. What's in it for shooters? And that's where they were really trying to sell us on, oh, well, it's really accurate for shooters and, and blah, blah, blah. So from what I've been told, it's very accurate, but I don't know if they've made any adjustments since that interview. And like I said, I, I wasn't actually able to try it myself. I don't know about you, Trina. Sorry, I kind of missed the question from a stupid I am. What is the question? <laughs> That's okay. He was wondering if, um, like, I don't know if you've actually picked up the move and tried it. He was wondering if it was more accurate or, or if it was as accurate as, like, the Wii. Am I understanding that question correctly? Basically, yes. Yeah, it was, um, uh, I, don't, I think it was more accurate in the way that you could better control what happened. And uh, it, it just felt more natural. Um, and that was kind of the consistent thing. I kept asking other journalists who got to try it just to make sure it just wasn't me. And it does feel better. 
um, and, it, and it felt more responsive. I was curious about this connect thing. Does it have like, like, is there a limit to like the amount of like people it can pick up? Like, if they got it set up in a big room, can it, can it be calibrated to pick up like you know thirty feet out or five feet out or a certain width of a room? Like, if there's fifteen people in front of the thing, will it just explode? I'm sorry, go ahead, Trina. Sorry. I was going to say, we saw that one of our demos. It seems to be calibrated per game. So, like, one game was like, oh, we've only had it calibrated for two people. Because the minute somebody uh, put their hand in the way or it detected someone else, the whole thing crashed. So it seems like they're still working with it, but it might be per game. Because other games, like Death Central, took, like, five on upwards people. Like, they just let people kept joining. So I don't I don't know if Angel saw anything different, but I didn't see that consistency. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. Actually, was that it was inconsistent depending on the game. Um, for example, like Konami's uh, Dance Masters, you can actually have your friends be your backup dancers and record it and save it, and then when you're playing solo later, you can have your friends be your backup dancers on the screen. So that was one of the, the features that they had that I thought was kind of fun, but that was one example of, like, the party game element that you can, you can have more people playing at the same time. So Microsoft is going to let you blackmail people. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is going up on YouTube tomorrow if you don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of drunken videos from that. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee it. The facial recognition thing seems kind of cool, too, because I remember seeing the early tech demos of this Natal when it was called Natal, and they're showing, you know, you just basically have to walk in front of your Xbox, and it just logs you in. You know, like, it's kind of neat how that whole thing will work, but then again, it's just a gimmick. I don't know if they'll be able to really utilize it that much. You know, like, there might be a couple dozen games, and might come and go, but then again, I guess you can, they were showing demos as well, like being able to just to, to control menus just by moving your hands like minority report style. So Yeah, exactly. You know, well exactly. It's funny you say minority report because that's what I thought when I was looking at it was I was literally just moving my hands and physically moving the menu over and selecting different things and then moving it up and then making a motion to accept. So I I immediately thought of minority report. That's pretty cool that you thought of that too. Yeah, like I'm thinking, okay, it's actually built into the system. Like it can run the system. You can play, pause, back, forward, do all that shit, you know, that you could do with a controller as the move. It's just a game controller. So Kinect might actually be worth purchase. With Kinect, you you cannot sit down when you use it. That's the one thing. You have to stand the entire time. So uh, that's the one big negative everybody's talking about. and they're showing some videos, and I've seen guys sit on the couch and like they hit pause and fast forward. And yeah, yeah, in the commercials, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. They actually asked them about it, like, and they said that they're working on solving that issue. So maybe by the time it comes out, um, it'll be fixed. But it, in, the, in the current incarnation, no. I, I guess it just thinks your couch is a person or something. So you yeah, know. everybody will need to buy like a green screen or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, one thing, I'm hoping they are working on that because the one thing that did come to mind with me are the tables. 
you know, those that would maybe be confined, confined to a wheelchair that could play a controller just fine um, or maybe not as well, and they could, but they, they can move their arms or their hands, but they're not able to stand for long periods of time, this game would really not be for them. So I, I'm hoping that they fix that. And that's a lot of, that's one of the main reasons why I asked the two, you know, Trina and Angel about it, because, like, <clears throat> Kevin and Blaine and myself, we only have what we've read or what we've seen on TV. Like you mentioned that Star Wars demo for the Kinect, and I saw it, and I got to say it looked fake to me. It didn't look like the person who was doing it was actually using the tall. It just looked like canned video. And I, But I felt the same way last year with the whole Milo thing. That looked like a recorded video, and the person was just reading the script. Yeah, and 100%. Milo was decidedly absent from E3 this year, and that was the big thing with when it was called Natal, Milo. Where's Milo this year? Mm-hmm. It's nothing that, there was nothing presented for Connect that was even remotely close to what was being done with Milo. And as far as the whole promise of Connect, that worries me. Yeah, they show you this stuff that everybody starts screaming in their pants and they're thinking then it just kind of disappears. And you, you know it's just a bullshit, like, tech demo that they kind of just created to show off what this thing could possibly do. Now, obviously, it's not doing it. They're just showing you what the possibilities were. Look, the, 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 the smart money is everybody that's listening should pre-order as many uh, 3DS game systems as they can afford. Because Nintendo always never makes enough. And then everybody will want one and pay double on eBay. It always yeah. happens. It's been happening since the Game Boy Color. And it, it has never stopped. Because basically Nintendo doesn't have the logistics to sell the, that the, whatever they have. And you know every little kid in America is going to see that 3D and they're going to be like, I want that. And they're not going to want this motion control bullshit, because they already got the Wii, they don't know the difference. They're going to want the 3D, DS, and, you know, if you want to make some money, get one, and then just sell it, because you're, you're going to make some cash. That, that's you know, my he's right, because I, I can tell you a story from 2006. I mean, the, when the PlayStation 3 came out, people were selling it for thousands of dollars on eBay, but people were making money off the Wii, too, because the Wii was impossible to find. And there was one place, if you lived in New York, where you were guaranteed to be able to get one, but you had to basically wait, wait on a freaking government cheese line. And that was Nintendo World in Rockefeller Center. They had minimum 100 Wii's every day during that, that big Christmas rush back in 2006. I got on that line once because I got my Wii's from there. And I'm hearing, you know, people talk. There was this guy that was at the front of the line. He said he had been there every day since Black Friday. It was December 18th. Wow. Every day he had been there since Black Friday, buying a Wii and selling it on eBay for God knows how much. Now, to give you an idea of how long that line is, I mean, the people who are in New York, you know how long 48th, um, 48th Street is <clears throat> between 5th and 6th. Like uh, Nintendo miles. World, yeah, Nintendo World's in the middle of it, 
right by the tree. And I wasn't even going there to, to go there. I was actually going somewhere else, and I just decided, fuck it, I need my weed. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it. It was 10:30 at night. The store opened at eight in the morning. I got on that line. And that was number 83. By the time the store opened, people were on Sixth Avenue. Wow, you're you're dedicated. Because that's insane. Like all these yeah, guys who line fucking iPhone that just come out there yesterday or whatever. I'm gonna be an old lady and be like, these kids are spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they are. Parents did that for them. Like, serious? We wanted it, and it wasn't available. It was like, go get a job. Like, your parents waste in life, like, for 24 hours to get something. These kids are spoiled. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's an, that is madness. I can't. I'm going to do what Kevin said. Just pre-order a whole shitload of them. They'll mail, to, mail them to me, and then I'll just sell them on eBay. Yeah, there you go. Make a quick grand. You actually would, because the 3DS is going to be the first 3D thing that doesn't use glasses, that pretty much guarantees that people are going to go for it. Everybody's going to want it. Everybody's going to want it. Everybody. You're, you're going to want one, your friends, your mom, your uncle, the, the little kid down the street. Everybody's going to want it because whatever Nintendo does, they sprinkle Magic Mario dust on all their stuff. Whatever they sell, it works. And it people go bananas when they when they release this stuff. And, you know, it'll also be at some ridiculously low price, too. Like, nobody, everybody will be, like, speculating. They'll be like, it's going to come out, and it's going to be $400 and everything, and Nintendo will come out, and it'll be, like, you know, a, $148. So it'll be, like, a dollar less than Connect or something. And everybody will be like, oh, my God, Nintendo, we love you. You know, and that'll be it. And, uh, they'll, then they'll be jumping and killing each other at Walmart for them and stuff. And, uh, you know, you could make a cool buck just uh, reselling them on eBay. Why, why do their logistics suck so bad? I mean, if they've been doing this shit since the Game Boy Color, you were saying, haven't they figured this out yet? Like, make a bigger warehouse and hire more truck drivers? Like, what's the problem? It's a, you know what it is? I think it's just, you know, if you want the technical answer, I think it's a logistics issue. Because, you, you know, you can only have, you're right, you can only have so many people hired at the warehouse. You can only have so many trucks. You can only have so many you know, contracts with container ships coming overseas with the Chinese manufacturers, how many assembly lines that you're going to have. And, you know, if they're only going to use that stuff for um, a small period of time, you know, during a launch, they they just, um, you know, it's not worth it for them to make it bigger. Instead, they'll just, you know, bring over as much as they can, and then people will wait, you know. And Nintendo enjoys that hype, too, because it works for them. You know, how, people think it's rare and everything, and they're like, ooh, I've got one, you know. And they're like, look what I got. Ooh, I want one of those, too. You know, it's, it's that kind of shit. And it works, man. You know, they're, they're, they're making bank like crazy. It, so why would they change? Why would they, you know, screw that all up and just, you know, make it look like nobody's buying it by, like, filling every store with them? Yeah, they're not going to yeah. do that. But yeah, like with the Wii, I mean, you still couldn't find them in stores, like, two years after, you know. Right. Look at how cool it must be. It's two years since it came out, and you still can't find them. And they certainly could have fixed that problem, but they, they do it on purpose. They, you know, it, 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 it's mm-hmm. great for them that they sell out like that. But, you know, it puts them in a better bargaining position with retailers, too. The retailers will come to them, and they'll be like, you know, hey, look, we really want some more Wii's, 
and, uh, you know, it'd be like Walmart or something, and Nintendo would be like, well, what kind of, you know, shelf space are you going to give us? Are you going to give us some end cap if we give them to you before we give them to, like, Kmart or whatever? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll give you the, we'll give you the end cap and put you up front. I mean, seriously, it, it's um, – they know what they're doing, and, and you can totally reap the rewards of it if you can get some pre-orders because they will sell those things out. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I guess – the way it works, too, is like you can actually control the 3D. I was watching some stuff on YouTube about these 3DSs, and you can shut it off, you know, so it'll be backwards compatible with everything else, and it's got two cameras on it because you can actually record in 3D, like 3D video you can capture, and you can play 3D movies on it. They're going to have fucking Avatar on there, and I don't know how they're going to do it, but the thing seems like it's, it pretty much does everything. I, go, I wonder if it yeah. has a camera. Yes, it does. It has two, so it's three. I'm like, what? It's amazing. The, the trailers on it are really nice and, and look really good. Um, we watched a couple movie trailers. Um, it all, I also took a picture, and it put, like, made a 3D image of me in The Sims. I mean, it was pretty impressive. The only thing I didn't like about it is uh, Star Fox. Flying with the 3D was, like, making me nauseous because it was going in and out of 3D when you did, like, um when I when I rolled or like did a turn, it just didn't. It was going in and out of 3D. So, but otherwise, you can control the 3D and and then you can you know have it all the way if you want or not. So it was really cool. cool. And I guess there's like a gyro thing in there too, so you can tilt the machine and it'll adjust the screens. And I don't know exactly what they were talking about, but I guess if you look at it from a different angle or, or tilt the system, the, the 3D will actually move with you. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty badass. I don't know. I'm going to buy a couple. <laughs> one for me and one for eBay. <laughs> what the hell happened to Richard? We, we, I think we totally hijacked his show. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is great. I'm taking a nap. <laughs> no, it was, it was, you guys had some great dialogue going on. The fact of the matter is that what I was going to say was that, plus, I needed a happy drink of water. <laughs> what was that? I said, happy birthday, Rich. Thank you very much. I'm officially an old fuck. Thank you all in the chat for uh, all the well wishes. But um, uh-huh, happy birthday. I still remember you're younger than I am. So. Yeah, it's okay. But you know what, dude? My my blood is made of sand. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, in all in all honesty, you know you and what, what Trina was saying about Star Fox. I always hate that they like to showcase every new thing they have with Star Fox. I personally feel that Star Fox absolutely sucks. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm more than sure that people are going to disagree. You know, it's like nobody cares about flying Chia pets and little fucking frogs and planes. It's always the same shit. They never do anything new with the IP. I mean, you were watching the gameplay in 3D, but it's still basically the same thing you've always seen. Did you feel anything jump out at you? Like, oh, that's really cool. Like, that's new. Or was it same old Star Fox? It's the same old. I mean, it wasn't nothing. It wasn't like the gimmicky 3D where stuff like jumps out at you. It's like it's like the regular 3D. Like it just it it kind of pulls you in more. That's about it. Like the Avatar 3D. Ah, okay. Well, were you guys bummed out? Did you guys get any any kind of hands-on time with the 3DS or? Yeah, I got like almost an hour. Oh, really? I, I, I'm yeah, surprised. Cool. I. I so, with that being said, Rich left and didn't hear some of the conversation. 
Oh no, I was, I was here, dude. I just had it. Oh, I just had it muted. I had it muted. But I was drinking water. But um, what I was gonna right. say was in ho- in holding it, is it comparable in size to an existing DS unit, or did they go a little larger, leaning towards the DSi XL? Um, it felt the same. I didn't I didn't like line it up against each other. It felt the same, and it felt light. It didn't weigh any more or anything like that. Hmm. It was hollow. Oh, <laughs> well, with that, with that a, being said, an, go ahead, Blaine. What was that? I was just going to say it was an illusion. Nice. <laughs> with Nintendo, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's, it's so light because it's a hologram. Like, ooh. That, that's how cool Nintendo is. They don't even have this shit built yet. You just thought you had it. <laughs> it's Magic oh. Mario dust. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that is a great line. But I gotta ask you this though. With, with that being said, with you guys getting to test out all the stuff and and blame Kevin me, uh, uh, you know I'll refer to you ladies first. What what was something that you said I'm buying the first day that you tried out at E3? One particular thing that jumped out above all others because I'm more than sure there were 20 things you guys want to get. But one thing that you said, yeah, I'm gonna be putting my money down immediately for this. Uh, for me, again, it was uh, well. There were there were two things actually, but the very first one that I got to try was the uh, the MTV Game Dance Central for Connect. Um, I'm a big Xbox player, and so I'm um, that is my console of choice. And to see that and to get to play it, it was the most addicting game for me. And I was telling them, I was telling the dev team, and I'm like, yeah, this is my new workout regimen right here. Um, I'm totally going to buy the Kinect just for this game, I swear, and, and get whatever else looks cool on there. Um, but uh, that and Rock Band 3, I was really impressed. And, you know, I was always a Guitar Hero player, but after playing and watching the, the new features of Rock Band 3 and how many games they have, I've been officially converted. I will definitely be buying that. What are they doing different with Rock Band? they got, like, a new guitar or something with strings on it now? They do. It's a guitar with strings, um, so you can. Um, so it, and it's also pitch accurate. So if on the screen you're hitting an A note, um, you are really hitting an A on your guitar. Oh, that's pretty bad. Um, they also have a keyboard, a mini keyboard. That's the same way. You can play it really simple because you have basically like four colors. So as long as you're fingers are within that range for that color, you're okay. Or you could do the more advanced stuff and actually play real complicated keyboard pieces. So it, it's really very versatile. And also you can have multiple people doing vocals. So now you're bringing in a much bigger, you know, party range. Your whole family is now a band or your whole, your whole posse of friends is now a band. You don't have to wait your turn. So I thought that was really fun. I wonder if Rich wanted to ask Kevin what his thoughts were on Rock Band for the millionth time. <laughs> no, no, no. I know, I know Kevin, and Kevin has a, a very unique spin on Rock Band. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm glad that they're leaning towards making it more uh, musically inclined by adding, you know, guitars with strings and stuff. But at the end of the yeah. day, do, do you, does it trip you out that you're going to have a house full of fake instruments? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I got one car and it's Jenna drum set. That's enough for me. 
You know, it's, I have it's a like, room all right. full of real instruments. And uh, so I'm like, well, I have a room full of real instruments. Now I need a room full of fake instruments, too. I'm like, where am I going to put them? Like, I really want this game, but, like, where am I going to put these instruments? Exactly. And, and, it, and, and you know, it, the incompatibility, oh, yeah, this works with this, this guitar works with this, you know, these cymbals don't work with this game. You know, it's, you know all that infighting between the, the music games is, is total horse shit, too. It's like, oh, i got to have two guitars or two drums or, you know, a special yeah. foot pedal that plays nice with both games. It's great. Don't get me wrong. I, I like the music games because it's helped the music, the music genre in general survive, you know, because the music industry took a big shit before these games came out, and then when the games came out, some of these people started becoming more relevant, and a lot of back catalog stuff came out. You know, you had people playing Hendrix, you had people playing Ozzy, and it was cool. It helped all that new stuff be introduced to a new generation that, you know, you ask a kid who's Ozzy Osbourne, they're like, what? Now it's like, oh, yeah, he's in rock band. He's the guy with the, with the weird glasses, right? You know, like there's something that, that right. helps music live on for a new generation, but... Again, the necessity to have a thousand plastic instruments in my living room does not appeal to me in the least. Yeah, my real guitars look much nicer than that shit. Yeah, my my guitars are real shiny. But, uh, no, one of the things, you know, and again, you know, from like a real musician's perspective, one of the things that excited me about rock band was that you can actually convert your songs into rock band format and sell them. Really? So this is a new way for real musicians to get their their music out there and in the catalog. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's badass. Yeah. They they actually do. They have a program that you use, and it converts. So I can take, like, you know, my digital performer or whatever, and um, I can have my tracks, and then I can use this program to convert those tracks into uh, rock bands. And then I uh, and then I believe there's there's a fee for it. I'm, I'm not sure how much is. I know there's a fee, but um, I believe all the the royalties are yours. And then you just you so now instead of like, hey, check out this single, check out this whatever. That's a great marketing tool. It's like, hey, check us out on Rock Band. That and it's downloadable content. Say goodbye to Guitar Hero with that now.
No, I said nice. That's that's actually oh, well, yeah. before, and, and before the I let you for, elaborate. Uh huh. No, what I was gonna say was before I let you elaborate, Bulletstorm does look promising. I personally think that Cliffy B is a shit eating douche. Um <laughs> but the game looks great, but he's still uh, a shit bag. But go ahead. <laughs> well, um, you know, and he wasn't actually actually in the booth where we were. Um, it was actually Laura, I think is the name, or Lauren, who's the producer, and she is the most, like, she's totally rad. Any guy, girl would love her. She was awesome. And uh, so she's kind of heading the producing of the game, and it, it's great. The game has all these very unique ways of killing and all these different um, labels for their attacks. They weren't talking about multiplayer, but you could just see the uh, potential for multiplayer and just how much fun it would be. Nice. What about you, Kev? Anything, anything from E3 that made you want to just go and continue to plunk down the millions of dollars you make? I've already spent $1,000 in pre-orders, and I don't <laughs> like the back. I've, I've, I've bought two controllers removed, two of the accessories. Uh, you know, I already have the camera that, you know, basically sits in a pile because it doesn't do anything for me right now. But I already, you know, I, uh, I ordered Connect. I can't order the 3DS yet, though, because, um, you know, Nintendo has thrown a price out there. And uh, basically a stack of games for everything. Yeah, I, I'm getting the dance game, too. Uh, you know, forget about it. It's going to be the biggest game of the year. I, I really think, okay, maybe Rock Band, but um, I'm not buying that. I don't want to emulate a rock star. Uh, yeah, but, um, you know, I, I liked a lot of the stuff I saw. I, I liked, um, uh, you know, the first-person shooter stuff I saw. Um, I liked Halo uh, Reach. You know, a lot of people are sick of Halo. I'm not. I, I think it, I, thought, I thought it looked great. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, everything's on the list. But, you know, will all these things come out all at once? No. You know how it is. Some of this stuff will get pushed back to spring, and, um, you know, uh, some other stuff will come out and or, Maybe it won't ever come out. I, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in some of the stuff that I, I didn't see. I, it seemed like Nintendo didn't um, have a lot of uh, new IP for the, the Wii. You were mentioning that uh, a little bit. You know, we saw some Zelda. We saw Kirby game. Um, but they, um, it, I don't know what's going on there. It seems like maybe they um, were, uh, maybe their developers are working on the successor system. Maybe they're all working on 3DS games. Uh, you know, it just seemed a little bit light coming out of them. Uh, you know, again, I think Sony had the, the most games, you know, for the hardcore crowd that I, w I would be really interested in playing, and, you know, I've ordered a number of those. Um, but, uh, you know, their PSP looks dead to me. You know, I, I'm amazed that they didn't, um, uh, you know, basically they, they, they had that kid on there. That, that was their whole thing during the press conference. Hey, we, we hired a kid to do commercials. Great. You know, what was that all about? Uh, and, and, you know, Microsoft... I don't know exactly with Microsoft because um, I kind of expected a little bit more out of them too. It was a, it was a lot of um, it was a lot of social party games, you know. But Connect still seems sort of like um, you know once they release all this stuff, what what's coming next? You know what's where where are they going with it? And we didn't really get to see that either. This was kind of like you know this is going to be out soon, and uh, we're going to have a handful of games for it, and then maybe nothing else. You know, so I'm a little worried there. And and the other thing I worry about is that even though Microsoft and Sony both keep saying that, you know, the, the game console cycle is going to last longer, I don't believe them. And I think that uh, the, the hardware for these things that everybody's going to spend money on is going to be good for about two years, and then they're going to be releasing new consoles with this stuff built in, and probably better, you know, better graphics, more, more capable. The lessons they learn from these things, these are like beta launches, you know. 
1.0 type stuff. Nintendo's going to release their next system probably next year, um, which is going to be a big improvement over Wii. And then we'll probably, you know, in a, in two years after that, we'll see um, the next Xbox and the next PlayStation 3 because I think both companies are actually, they save five years because they're trying to psych each other out. It's very important for them to have the jump on the other guy. The guy that gets their console out first, as Microsoft showed us this generation, uh, ends up selling more consoles. And uh, so, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, well, this generation's going to last five years. Are you guys done yet? Okay, quick, ship it, ship it. So um, I, I really think that, um, you know, purchasing these things is dubious. Plus, developers are not necessarily going to be like, oh, well, let's make a game for the smallest possible market. Let's make it for, you know, instead of us making a game that we can sell to the, 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 the 40 million Xbox or PlayStation 3 users, let's sell it to the 1 million on the Kinect. Yeah, that'll go over real well with the stockholders, you know. I mean, that, that, it's just not going to get supported. They're going to have to come out the gate with the thing. And uh, in the meantime, I think it's going to thin on the title releases. Or they'll just be like that kind of crap where, like, it'll be on the Wii and it'll be on the Move and it'll be on the Xbox and they might have a couple extra features here or there. But for the most part, it'll be the same thing. Well, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to ask also, um, what did you guys think when they, when they re-announced that they were going to put GoldenEye out? How was the general reaction for that? You know, I, I didn't hear a whole lot about that. I thought it was fun because I have good memories of playing that game. But, okay. um, you know, but it was kind of overshadowed by all the, the shiny... <laughs> exactly, all the uh, new you know, shiny shit. Thing, like, it was like very, there was a lot of shiny stuff going on. So, you know, I personally commented on it to my colleagues because I was like, oh, man, good memories of late nights with that game. You know, but other than that, I, I honestly didn't hear very much about it from my colleagues. A lot of my colleagues are younger than I am, though, so that could be well, it. That- they all think I'm a lot younger than I am. <laughs> Well, I expected that. I expected, you know, when they said GoldenEye, Donkey Kong Country, um, Mario Sports All-Stars, which I'll probably get because I'm a sheep, um, all those games, they, they jumped out, and it was like Nintendo was pretty much putting out a whole bunch of remakes and focusing all their energies on the 3DS. I mean, yeah, they got a couple of things, you know, Metroid Other M um, and Epic Mickey, which I was going to ask you ladies about also. But um, I don't know. I think that... that and Kevin made a good point. I think Nintendo just said, look, we're going to blow them away with the 3DS so that they won't really give the Wii a second thought while we work on the next version of the console. Now, with that being said, their only real standout game and new IP was Epic Mickey. What did you ladies think? Um, I, okay, so for clarification, I work at Disney, <laughs> um, but I work on their website. But uh, I did play right. Epic Mickey. Huh? Look at that, learning learning more and more. <laughs> but I did play Epic Mickey and got to speak to a programmer at Junction Point and uh man, it was it was a lot of fun and um the controls were really good and it's just really interesting. It's an interesting take on the world of Disney and, and Mickey. I th- I think it's gonna be great. Do you see it as being a game of the year? Uh for the Wii? Yes. Specifically or overall? Uh, oh, pro- probably overall. And, and you know, no. with, with the fanfare behind it, no? No, not, not overall. Wow. 
It's a contender, but I I can't see it winning overall. <laughs> wow, that's that's crazy. I I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that response. I, I'm really impressed that you that you were real with it. Because too many people I were hearing were all enamored with the visuals. And, oh, my God, and it's Mickey, and every Disney game is so great. It's marvelous. Shut up. It's like, no. It's going to be good, but it's not, you know, I, I needed to hear that from another person. Like, hey, it's good, but, eh, nah, you know, it's not going to be, oh, my God, uh, you know, a billion units like Modern Warfare. Yeah, no. I mean, it'll sell well on the Wii, but so will Kirby Epic Yarn. I mean, that was that was amazing. So... You know, I think it's going to sell well, but I don't, I don't think it's game of the year. <laughs> nice. What do you think? What do you think, Angel, of Epic Mickey? You know, I, I kind of felt the same way. Um, you know, I, I'm an old school Disney fan. You know, growing up, all I ever wanted to be was a Disney animator. And, you know, I, they influenced my art style tremendously. And, you know, and I have a lot of good memories of Disney. So I was really enamored with it. Um, you know, at first, and and it does look beautiful, um, you know, but it, again, for me, uh, these days I'm a little bit more hardcore, so I didn't spend a lot of time on it. I thought, wow, that's, you know, that's really cool, and uh, I, I would definitely like to play it, but it didn't stick out so much that I, I left the expo floor going, wow, Epic Mickey, Epic Mickey. Wow. So, you know, I, I would definitely love to play it, um, but... You know, I've got Dead Space 2 and Halo Reach and Bulletstorm <laughs> and, you Everything know, I've got a lot of other games. Yeah, I might have issues. I don't know, but I, I love those games. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Kev, what do you think of Epic Mickey? What do you think of the overall presentation? I think I think Disney should fire their developers and start over. I, I Seriously, I, I think that... Um, uh, it's not innovative. I, it, 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 oh, it looks, and, and, and it's lacking um, the, the kind of innovation that, that Disney needs in order to, to, to move their products. They, they've had a very hard time over the past, I don't know, since the Lion King came out of the Genesis, I think, that um, they, their market sucks, you know, and uh, they this isn't going to do it for them. Uh, they, need to, um, they need to reboot, start over, or find find players in the industry that will um, take their IP and, and uh, do something with it. You know, partner with Nintendo. You know, do do like what Sonic did and be like, okay, we can't make a good Sonic game in years, so why don't we like give Sonic to Nintendo? Let Nintendo make a good game out of it. You know, um, maybe Disney needs to do the same thing. And you know, um, Kingdom Hearts, right? You know, that worked with Square. You know, so that was something that they had going on. Maybe they should do more of that and a little less of this um, trying to go at it on their own because, uh, I don't know, I, I, I just don't see it. I don't, think it. I don't think it's innovative. I don't think it works. Okay. Uh, what about you, Blaine? Did you see anything from Epic Mickey? And if so, does it look like something you'd play? Or? I have no idea what the hell that is. But I wanted to ask, going back to the GoldenEye thing, what the hell happened? Like, because they... I mean, everybody's been wanting GoldenEye to show up somewhere again because it's such a classic game. And then, you know, Nintendo was fighting, and then Rare went with Microsoft. There's just all this copyright shit going on, and MGM, MGM probably had their hand in there, too, somewhere. So I was curious, all of a sudden, GoldenEye pops up. Does anybody have any idea what the hell happened with all those licensing things with Rare, Nintendo, and all that shit? Well, they're saying that the license was with Brosnan, 
and that's why they put Daniel Craig in it. And then um, there's rumors that some money exchange hands, you know, just for the overall concept. I don't know how, how 100% that is, but I can see that yeah. they definitely, something had to be changed in order for that, and I think, you know, giving Keir, Pierce Brosnan the can and putting Daniel Craig in there was fine. Frankly, I don't give a shit because guess what you see? A hand holding a gun. So do you really care that the guy behind it is a blonde-haired British guy or a dark-haired Irish guy? Who gives a shit? I sure don't. I just want to shoot somebody or throw a hat with a chubby Asian man. (laughs) Exactly. And that's a classic game, too, so it's it's good to see they finally got her done. But as far as games go, I was, you know, Dead Space 2 looks awesome. Like, if nobody's ever played the first Dead Space, you got to play it. I mean, you can blaze through it in about 10 hours, but fuck, that game's solid. Uh, you it know, is beautiful. The, I love that game. Yeah, it was. I, I, I don't know where. I just bought that in a bargain bin somewhere for like 15 bucks or something. I don't know how I got my hands on a copy of that, but like a sleeper hit. And then, of course, the new Batman, Batman, whatever they're calling it, probably Arkham Asylum 2 right now. That thing looks amazing. And, of course, you know, even though Cliffy B gives me deuce chills, I'm still looking forward to Gears 3 because they're fun. You know, whatever. Yeah, they're a fun game, man. And I wanted to yeah. ask Angel, who's uh, give her a little a little fan service, uh, new Silent Hill game. What's up with that? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm a little leery and a little excited at the same time. You know, Akira Yamoka was such the heart of that game that it's, it's really lost a lot of the heart of what it was originally. And now it's a horror game in the fog. And the the one saving grace for me was during the trailer, the full-length trailer we finally got to see during the press conference. You know, of course, the devs weren't there to talk to, and I was mad because I, I showed up, I marched right over there, and they're like, so what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, Simon Hill, we can't talk about that. I'm like, well, I'm going home. Yeah. No, but uh, no, I did talk to them about other things. But that was the biggest thing I wanted to talk about. Um but they, you know, they kind of hint a little bit about perhaps, you know, the, the alternate dimension side of Silent Hill in that are you really killing monsters or are you killing people? And I don't know okay. if anybody else saw that, but I did. So, I'm, you know, and it could just be the way that the trailer was portrayed. I don't know if they meant to do that, if I was just seeing something that, you know, maybe subconsciously I wanted to see. I don't know. I really wanted to talk to the devs about it, but I didn't get to. But that was the one thing that kind of got me excited was I saw a little hint of that, which is, you know, very, very true to the series, and some of the mystery there adds another element. So I hope it's good. I really do. The graphics look good. Um, I'm not sure why they went with a completely different developer this time around. Um they're not using double helix or climax this time around, and so I'm I'm just hoping for the best because they they did bring a good composer in. They really did. It's the guy that did Hellraiser and Children of the Corn. Um, his name oh, okay. is I'm really bad with names, but yeah, the the soundtrack did sound good. It just wasn't Silent Hill, so so we'll see. You know, you know me. I'll have it the day it comes out, regardless. Of course. It could be a turd with Silent Hill on it. I'll buy it. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just a that's just your dedication to a game that you're a fan of. I, you know, I saw 
Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and if I could have had sex with it and had babies with it, I would have. Just because like I'm a huge fighter. I'm a huge fighting game fan. I love... I'm a huge comic geek. I love all the stuff Capcom puts out. And when I saw it, I was really, really taken with the visual representation of the game. I felt it was just beautifully done. Um, I don't know how much time they gave you guys with it or if you got to see it, but um, can you can you, can you give me a little info on it, please? Um, I got to play probably about four rounds of it and just loved it. I mean, same with you. I'm loving – I love – every Capcom fighter so far, you know, fan of the previous Marvels versus Capcom, and it was just amazing. It was great. Um, the Marvel characters were a little overpowered, but I'm oh, sure shit. they'll balance it out. Um, but it was just, oh, it was so beautiful. It was nice. I loved it. Nice. Um, anything from the new Mortal Kombat? Uh, that looks very violent and sick. Yes, that's what I want to hear. Music that's to my what ears. Mortal Kombat is all about. That is wonderful. One of the first things I, I took a picture of, actually, when I got there, was uh, was the banner. And it's basically a silhouette of you ripping someone's head off with a spine. I was like, Mortal Kombat's back. <laughs> and I was like, wow. That is fantastic. How about you, Kev? Oh, Do you yeah. play any of the fighting games? No, mm-hmm. no, I'm. Uh, I, I don't know. I, that hasn't appealed to me in a long time, mainly because I, you know, I used to play, you know, in the arcade and everything. But um, uh, once you lose the uh, the competitive edge from that, you know, and and it's just like you at home playing against the the computer or the whatever. Um, not not as much fun. So I, I mean, just didn't seem like I wanted to throw down the kind of cash to play fighting games, you know. Damn. What about you, Blaine? Yeah, as far as fighting games go, I mean, Mortal Kombat, I guess the first time I played that was the Super Nintendo version. But, I mean, it, it's always, you know, it was it was cool with the fatalities and stuff, and then it got all gay with the, with the babalities and friendship moves and all this crap. So it's nice to see that, you know, they're getting back to the roots and, you know, basically, I mean, hopefully it turns out as good as Super Street Fighter did. Yeah, or what is it? No. What's the new one? Street Fighter 4 or Super Street Fighter 4? Yeah, Super 4, Street Fighter 4. You know, like all these, you know, they brought that thing back, and I did not expect it to be as awesome as it is. You know, so hopefully they can do the same thing with the Mortal Kombat and just go back to their roots, but, you know, upgrade it enough that it'll be awesome all over again. I was never a big fighting game fan, but, you know, those are the two major ones, and I've definitely played my fair share. The um the new X-ray mode in uh, Mortal Kombat is sick. It's really cool. Um and it, and it shows like you know their inside. So if they are made of metal like a robot or they have robotic pieces, like it shows that it's not the same uh, animation every time. It, it's pretty cool. Nice. Now, now I'm all excited and I can't wait for it to come out. See see what you see what you ladies did. But um I got I got. Uh, two little news bits I gotta ask you about. First off, um, DC Universe Online, of course, everybody's been talking about. It. It's been in development for five years. They're um, they're actually gonna put it out and charge an MMO fee of fourteen ninety nine a month. What do you guys think of that? I mean, um, you know, I'll start, I'll start with you, ladies, first. 
the fact that they're going to, you know, you're paying for the online for a game, you're buying the game, and then you're, you're being saddled with a $14.99 fee in addition to that. Um, you know, I'm not a big MMO player for that reason because of a lot of um, fees involved. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of have mixed feelings because on the one hand, they've got some serious probably licenses to pay for that game. But uh, on the other hand, it's kind of like what I was saying with me with Silent Hill. You know, serious comic book fans don't pay it. Um, but... I don't know. I personally could not justify paying that, but I'm not a hardcore MMO player. Oh, so, okay. I don't know about you, Trina. Yeah. Um, I actually tend to stay away from MMOs only because I don't have time. But, I mean, I've been following the DCU for a long time just because I'm a huge comic fan and um, I love DC Universe. And uh, I probably would try it for a few months and then I would, would die out paying after a couple months. I mean, people who pay MMOs are kind of used to it. There is a move to microtransactions, but I just think, again, like Angel said, with all the uh, licenses they got to pay for and five years of development, they probably have too much to pay to to make it microtransaction off the bat. So um, I think people will pay it. It's just whether or not it's, di- it's different enough from City of Heroes or City of Villains. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see if, if people will buy in. Nice. What about you, Kev? I know you you get into a little bit of the MMOs, and I know Brian does too. What do you think? Fourteen ninety five on a four, fifteen bucks on a console for an MMO game? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, if it if the game plays there, that's all that really matters. I, I I don't know. Do I sound okay? All you guys sound like you're all choppy, and I I blame Blog Talk, of course. But uh, do I sound all right? No, you sound fine, man. The the, the Jesus <laughs> mic is working well. I, I'm just thinking I'm the I'm the one guy that's on the show that's all like, rrr, 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 and you got to the street, and you're like, oh yeah, sure, whatever, sounds great. Hey. Um, okay, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, my brother would, my brother would look if it's good, my brother would play it. If if it's not good, my brother would play it. If it's got you know character creation in it, he'd, he'd spend the money on it, make like 20 avatars, all all female, and. Um, just look at them and, and run around and collect berries or whatever the MMO wants to do. I mean, you know, there's people out there that are into it. You know, um, it, it, I, I think it'll it, it'll eventually happen. I, I think there's just a there's a problem in, in um, you know uh, monetizing it or something with with the bandwidth and all that kind of stuff that would make it so um, the like the Xbox Live type carriers can handle it and at the same time make you know make money. Um, Running all that bandwidth, where um, the the other people, like say your Blizzards or whatever, you know, that want that fifteen dollars a month. So you know, I'm sure Blizzard would be like, "Cool, you guys are going to do all of the networking and all the infrastructure, but we'll just collect the money." You know, and so there, I think that's where the where we have this real sticky problem with it being successful. I, I know Square does it and everything with um, uh, what is that Final Fantasy? What is that thirteen? Is that the one? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know why it hasn't been more mainstream with things like World of Warcraft and stuff like that. What about you, Blaine? 
Yeah, like my brother, he plays World of Warcraft like a religion ever since it came out, and he has no problem paying the 15 bucks a month. As, I mean, it's all, like, like Kevin said, it's all in the gameplay. I mean, if the gameplay is there and people are, you know, and they want a stable online service, they're going to have to pay the 15 bucks. I mean, I pay 60 bucks a year for Xbox Live. And yeah, I said 60 because it's Canadian dollars. But, um, you know, the, the, the service works, you know, and there's nothing ever wrong with it. So you get what you pay for. If it's free, it's going to suck. Yeah, I played that, um, that uh, what was it, uh, EverQuest on the PlayStation 2 when that was out. I was like one of six people that played it, I guess. But uh, it was actually fun. I, I enjoyed playing it. I mean, no, there was more people than six people playing it. But, I, you know, it, it, I, I think that it can work on a console. But for some reason, I think there's, um, there's uh, you know, dollars and cents type stuff that has a lot to do with it. Also, you know, with, with World of Warcraft, um, their game engine's really old. It's, it's got some issues, and um, I think they might be quietly... Uh, Brian brought up a point that they're working on, um, like, a StarCraft MMO, and uh, they might be quietly working on that and uh, maybe releasing that at some, some later point, you know, especially as, um, uh, you know, Blizzard's supposed to be getting hit with some um, heavier competition with BioWare's um, The Old Republic coming out, and... Uh, he mentioned another one too, so that's all um, some further possibilities. Not not that they would abandon um, World of Warcraft, but um, they're in need of uh, um, uh, some enhancement. How about that? Nice work. Yeah, I wonder how big that uh, APB is going to be because that's like a I don't know if that's that's probably only PC, but no, you know, it's actually on console too. Is it okay? Yeah. yeah, that seems like it could be pretty neat. You know, it's basically like a. I guess you could say it's like a GTA sort of MMO where, you know, cops and robbers. It's kind of interesting. Because, yeah, they you know, they yeah. got to get World of Warcraft back. Get, get connect with the World of Warcraft, see? That's that's what, no, I'm just, it's just a joke, never mind. It wasn't going Dude, anywhere. if World of Warcraft came it's out on a console, to a whole new level. it would be the end of time as we know it. World of Warcraft on a console would be, a problem. I think if DC Universe Online takes off the way they're hoping to, it's going to lead to possibly seeing World of Warcraft on a console. I, I really do. I've seen some of these fucking guys play that World of Warcraft game. They've, some guys got like three characters going at once, three keyboards, like everything's bound to keys and shortcuts. It's like, put that on ten buttons, I dare you. That'd be crazy. Well, the, the last two things I wanted to ask, um, I wanted to, to ask the ladies was the uh, the enhanced PlayStation service that they that they're you know shoving down people's throats now, you know saying that it's going to be the end all be all. Um, at the Sony presentation, did they elaborate more so in terms of the real benefits, or did they just did they just say, hey, we're going to launch a paid service, you guys are going to get some bonus stuff and kind of move on from it? Did they give any further details on that in particular? Um, I felt that they really glanced over it, and they, like, glossed over it. Like, they kind of threw it out there when momentum was high during the press conference of, like, here's a great game, here's a great game, here's a great game, and now you get to pay for this service. Like, it just seems a little odd. It kind of threw us off. I think we knew it was coming, but um, I actually don't think it's a good thing. Um, I think it's kind of, I mean, they didn't even fully explain it, and from what I understand with my staff, like, it's almost like a lease program. 
kind of like what the Zoom does or uh, some other site, music sites where you can pay and download all you want, but the minute you stop paying, then you lose all the content that you paid for. And I don't know, maybe I'm just an old type of gamer, but I like to own my stuff, and yep, I like I to have it. So, yeah, I don't. I, I to me, I I think that it's totally BS. But what about you, Angel? What do you think? You are an impressed. I wasn't impressed. You know, and like I said, I'm, a, I'm a mostly a Microsoft girl. Um, so for, for me, I was more interested in just kind of seeing what was going on, but the um, you know, with with the move, and, and I, I was mostly concentrating on like what's new, what's new, what's new, and like I said, you know, it was like trying to see, you know, all three worlds of Disney World in one day, like I, with interviews in there, so I didn't get a lot of hands-on time with, um, with PlayStation, because uh, for me, I felt like I could better represent Microsoft, because I have more, more hands-on knowledge of that, but yeah, just from what I've heard about it, um, yeah, I, I wasn't really impressed, and I don't think it's hardcore at all, or, um, old school, I mean, um, transfer you to want to own it. I mean, it's, it's our money. And if we're paying for it, it should be ours. And there you go. Just, I mean, that's just it. Like, if I pay for a game, and then you decide that you, you know, want it back because I'm not paying a monthly fee, it's BS. Uh, no. All right. What about you, Kev? Would you upgrade to the pay, to the pay service? Um... You know what? I, I I couldn't hear the question. I'm sorry. It's it's not, you know it's all garbly. It's like um it's like this weird thing. Like every other like word is cut off or something. Uh, you know. Sorry. Jesus Christ, Kevin. Very <laughs> unprofessional. <laughs> it's terrible, man. I'm sorry. Not. You got to be flogged by the radio gods. No, what I was going to say was, are are you going to shell out money for the PlayStation Pay service? Yeah, I, I'll pay for it. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not like, uh, hey, I'm going to go buy a Ferrari tomorrow. No, it's not that. I mean, this is what I do. You know, this is what I do. I got it. I have to have it. I can't be out of the the, the PlayStation online service. I, you know, um, it, sometimes it would be nice to, uh, you know, afford to be fickle with it and everything, but if I'm going to, like, give people information about gaming, I can't be like the guy that says, I'm only going to buy Connect. I'm not going to have Move. You know, I, I got to have all of it. It, it's the only way to really be well balanced. So, I mean, basically, if you were to ask me, you know, are you going to buy Sony's five hundred dollars controller? I'll probably be like, yeah, unfortunately, going to buy it. Yes, whatever it is. Well, you know, it's funny that you use that rationale for it because you know, I, yeah, I, I do all this stuff for the show, man. But you know, it's it's probably also that you probably make a a, a better living than I do. But dude, fuck that. All right, it's like it's like look. I wake up, I'm more than sure the ladies probably are in the same boat as you and probably even Blaine for that matter. Rent needs to be paid, bills got to get paid, shit needs to work, Mario's not paying my fucking light bill, Sonic's not paying my gas bill. I have to be somewhat fickle. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to have all the shit, but the the fact that Sony's coming into the party so late and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you all this free shit. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. You know, maybe I'll pay the 18 bucks every three months. That's fine. But then when they turn around and they say, yeah, but when you stop paying it, the stuff's not yours. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. I'm, I'm giving you money every month, and it's not mine. It, it, just, it just really gets under my skin, you know, that it's not. 
it's not tangibly mine. It's like buying canned air and fucking space balls. It's the same shit. It's like, why am I going to pay for something that should be free? Unless you're giving me an incentive to buy it. Like, at least with Microsoft, they tell you Silver Tears is Silver Tiered Xbox Live is free. You don't get all the cool shit. You want the cool shit, you pay. Sony's like, yeah, we're just going to give you the subpar free shit, but we'll give you other free shit if you pay, and you can't keep it. It's stupid. It's like it's like a it's like a like a rental service. I love the Spaceball reference, by the way. That's an awesome fucking movie. It's true, man. It's, it's like, it's like <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. Speaking of, it's funny that you say that because I was at Walgreens the other day and they actually had canned air. That's terrible. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like canned oxygen, you know, technically. But I was like, my my stepdaughter was there, and I'm like, would you like some air? Would you like to pay for some air? And oh, she's like, uh, I have air for free. Yeah. And I'm like, no, look, no, but you can pay for it. See? That's All the terrible. Kids are doing it. She's like, I'm like, canned air? Are you serious? Yeah, I, I thought of that too. Well, on. you know, I, it's funny. If you, want a, if you want a cool joke about canned air, watch, um, what the hell is it? I think it's some TLC garbage with people that are addicted to stuff. And this girl, she, uh, she inhales canned air. And she, and it's like a, because, you know, it has uh, drug uh, capabilities. You know, it, it get, she's hooked on it, so she sucks on canned air. It's called huffing. It is the yeah. worst thing ever. There's a part she sucks on the canned air. She's like, I'm walking on sunshine. I'm like, oh, God, please kill yourself, please. Well, see, that's just bullshit because it's like, you know, that's the stuff you use to blast out the dirt in your keyboard and stuff. And people are sucking on these things, and it gives you, like, you know, 42 seconds of high and then you just got to have, like, can after can. And they've had people, like, you know, brain freeze themselves to death from this Dude, shit. She does, like, she does 20 cans a day, according to the show. But I figured I'd, I'd toss that out there to, to, put, to make you guys laugh a bit. But uh, the yeah. last bit of video game news is um, in Final Fantasy XIV not being on the 360. Um, it seems that uh, Hiromichi Tanaka was saying that he doesn't want to have it on the 360 because of the closed nature of Xbox Live. Um, do you guys do you guys see that being the change, so to speak, that more people are going to start splintering off in terms of getting the more more functionality, especially with live and uh, quote unquote PlayStation enhanced service? Do you think that that's going to start being a factor more so now because of the offerings? Well, you know, I could kind of see that happening. I think it just really depends on the game. I don't think it's going to be a trend. Of you know, across the board. But I think we're going to see that with more game-specific titles. Like, for example, again, you know, Final Fantasy, you know, they, they brought it to Xbox, but everyone was saying, you know, like, I actually was watching videos and stuff. People had two TVs side-by-side, side and they had it on an Xbox, and they had it on a PlayStation, and you could see the difference. So, you know, I see them, you know, trying to do these, you know, these exclusive things, but... Um, you know, I, I think it just depends on the game and the capability of the game. Uh, there are so many games out there that will work on whatever you, you know, whatever platform you want to put it on. Um, but things like Final Fantasy that are very, very graphic specific, um, I, I totally understand that move. Okay. Angel, being an Xbox gamer, um, primarily, how do you feel about something like that where they're feeling that, uh, Xbox is closed 
in terms of, you know, uh, putting certain games on it? Um, you know, from, as an Xbox gamer, you know, it, I will miss out on games. Like, I have missed out on games because of that. Um, and, you know, and again, you know, Kratos is not playing my Renville, therefore I do not have a PS3. <laughs> uh, so, you know, otherwise I would have no problem owning a Sony. You know, I would love to put them side by side and play them both. But again, you know, I have to be frugal because I just don't have that kind of money. But, you know, if I did have the money, I would have no problem, you know, having a PS3. But, you know, I do. I miss out on games because of that. But I can't really argue with it. Because, again, I'm not a computer person. I can't sit there and argue, yeah, well, this much, you know, or whatever. Like, I have no idea. Like, does it play? Does it look good? Okay, fine. I want it. Um, so, Fair enough. You know, yeah. So I, I don't think I could really be too biased. You know, for me, that's, that's called capitalism. If... If, if Xbox wants to compete, they're going to have to step it up in that department. Um, if okay. they don't care and they've got their own exclusive titles, then they'll be just fine. So, yeah, it just, it just depends on, on what Microsoft wants to do. All right. Um, anything you want to add to that, Kevin? Uh, as far as the closed system is concerned, I, I am, you know, it, it, it's Microsoft's system. I, you know, they can decide whatever they want to do with it. Um, I don't, I don't know what it really matters. It, you know, it, the, the PC is there. If somebody wants to make something that's unique and original and all that, and you know, if um, if it's good enough on the PC, then I'm sure they can get it. So it's released on, you know, one of the other systems. I think that's the question you're asking me because basically, I don't, I don't know. At this point, I'm. I'm just going to be the guy that says yes a lot. Yes. I have no idea what you said. Yeah. So. That's all right. What about you, Blaine? Anything to add? Uh, not really. I mean, they've got to work with what they got. I mean, if one, machine's, if one machine's not powerful enough to push the shit, I mean, what are they going to do? Focus on what you're good at, you know, to split it. you you got your Sony stuff. you got your Microsoft stuff. They're completely different, you know, architecture-wise, I guess, to port these games over. It's just a pain in the ass. Keep it exclusive to one side or the other. I could care less. Like everybody said, I got no money. I can't buy any of it anyway. All right. Well, I'll just well, cut it that, short. Well, with, with, with that said, um, that, that I, we actually wrapped up the video game segment. I'm actually going to do the movie segment next. If you ladies want to stick around, you're more than welcome to. If not, by all means, please share and promote whatever you would like before before I let you go. Um, Trina, I guess I will start with you. GamingAngels.com. Fill them in on the rest, please. Yeah, uh, thank you guys for inviting me uh, and having me as part of this. Um, E3 was a lot of fun. So uh, this year, E3, I think I've gone to eight E3s now. Um, and it, it, was, it was cool. I, I think this E3 had the most fun overall and the most, like, things to be excited about. So it's, it's always great to be able to talk about um, a con when you had a lot of fun at it. <laughs> it's easy to talk about it. And so thank you. But yeah, gamingangels.com, just come by. Um, we should be gearing up some more game nights, which is kind of what we do, community game nights. Um, and we're gearing up for Comic-Con coverage and PAX coverage, of course, and various other conferences. Um, and yeah, I'll probably uh, bow out because I have to eat dinner. I haven't eaten yet. So <laughs> but thank you guys for inviting me. Oh, yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Thank, thanks again for taking the time out to come on and uh, 
jamieangels.com. You'll uh, see the link on the site for those of you that want to check it out. Thanks again, Trina. Nice chatting with you. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, we'll we'll hang out. I'll talk to you some more. Yep. <laughs> All right. See you around, Trina. All right, and of course, AngelGirlGamer.com. Fill them in on the yep. rest, please. Uh, yeah, pretty much the same. GirlGamer.com. This was my very first E3, so I uh, I was really stoked. So I had a lot of reasons to be excited, not just because it was my first time, but because this was a good year to go. This was a good year with a lot of new things, a lot of competition. I love healthy competition. So, you know, you had Nintendo versus Sony versus Microsoft. Right. You know, and it was like throwing them in a ring and seeing, you know, who comes out triumphant. And I loved that. I loved watching it. Um, got a lot of great interviews. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to the team at girlgamer.com. You know, we had a great time. Um, our editor-in-chief, uh, Crixley, um, really, um, you know, helped me gear up for my first interview. So I was a little bit of a newbie. I'm not new to games, but I was a little new to, like, hosting and, and things like that. Um, you know, of course, uh, Gigi Kaboom, uh, she's been fantastic as well. You know, and uh, Mike Prasad, our, our co-founder, he was very gracious and, and really um, helped make all of this possible. I just wanted to thank the rest of the team and, uh, you know, head out the, you know, hit up girlgamer.com. We have a lot of new information. We also have an app for your, um, for your Apple products, your iPad, your iTouch. Um, and also Droid. So if you want to keep up on news uh, on the go, check out our app. I personally updated it today, so it's current. Nice. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're all in, on to the next. We've got uh, the Anime Expo. We've got Comic-Con. We've got PAX. So it's no rest for the weary. It, it's on to the next. So, but uh, But thank you, guys for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. And, and uh, you know, I always like promoting my take radio. You guys are very honest and and uh, a lot of fun. So we'll definitely uh, be having a blurb on the site. So uh, I'll send you a link. There you go. Thanks a lot again for coming hey, on. Hey, you know, thank you, Doors you always, well, doors yeah, always open if you stop in. I was going to say, thanks for all the information uh, and all the stuff. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. You know, we're always growing, and I love Gaming Angels. We love Gaming Angels. Um, they're a great site. So, yeah, be sure and hit up that, um, you know, Trina was actually recently named one of the most influential women in gaming. Uh, she was on the news not that long ago. So she's very humble, but she's, she's the real deal. So I was actually really excited to come on with Trina today because, like I said, I hadn't actually gotten to meet her in person yet, so... So uh, those those of you, be, be sure and follow her on Twitter. Um, you know, follow Gaming Angels. Give those girls some love because they deserve it. There you go. See, now you've been on the show twice. You got you got uh, the Darksiders, which you missed, which was a total clusterfuck with uh, Blog Talk Radio, and now you got Gaming Angels. See, I, I hooked you up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, thanks again you for have. stopping in. Well, thank you again, you guys. I hope everyone has a good night and uh, enjoys the podcast, and uh, I'm sure I'll be back again another day. You got it. All right. All See right. you around. Thanks, guys. Bye. Have a good night.
All right, guys. Um, we got some movie news, and I definitely know that that Blaine and Kevin will love some of these nuggets of information. Um, first off, you're gonna want to love the fact that DreamWorks, of course, makers of the always popular Shrek franchise, are gonna do a movie based on the Troll Dolls. Oh, How about God. that? Uh, I'd give a shit about, <laughs> about, about DreamWorks. I'm a fan of Pixar, man. Everything they touch is fucking awesome. DreamWorks, I don't know. It, it doesn't. DreamWorks doesn't have the same soul as Pixar does, you know. Pixar's got soul in their stuff. DreamWorks is just making cool-looking shit that's got nothing. Hollow. Nice. I don't know what... What do you think, I I can't even name any DreamWorks movies other than Shrek. I think they did, like... Did they do that Ratatouille thing? No, Ratatouille Ratatouille was Disney, and that was a fuckload of money for them. But definitely, uh... I, I think that... They're really grasping at straws when you're doing a movie about the troll dolls, which nobody's looked at in years. Yeah, I... No. <laughs> it's as bad as Smurfs. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, Kev, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm thinking maybe I should hang up and call right back or something, because uh, you guys are so choppy, man. I, um, I can't right. even hear man. Let me just hang up and call you right back. Is that cool? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. All right. Get ready, Kevin's um, calling. <laughs> yeah, I um, I see that um, Waffles was holding because he had wanted to, to talk about the connect and the move, and I feel terrible that I forgot him. I'm just going to bring him in real quick. Waffles, my favorite Mexican. Not Mexican, but uh, thanks for the thought. First, got to say happy birthday, Rick. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, I don't know, well, too late for me to even mention anything because I want Angel and Trina to be here too. Fuck but, it, dude. What, like, what do you got? We're not we're not good enough for you. We don't. No, 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 no. Answer your questions. <laughs> it was gonna be. It was, it was actually gonna be a question for all of you guys, but since they went to E3, it would have been better too because they experienced the connect. But my question, because you guys had mentioned earlier on that, or they mentioned earlier on that, it seems more just like for like a party theme, like just more family and friends. Well, my question is, is it okay if it was meant just for that? Like, would you see Connect being a bad thing if it was just meant for that theme? Because if you think about it, you can't really make a third-person or first-person game out of Connect. because if you want to turn around in, like, the, an actual third-person like third or first-person game, you wouldn't be looking at the TV anymore. And, like, what the hell would you be doing there? Because oh, you know what it was? So, huh, yeah. No, what I was going to say was they are grasping at the family dynamic because that's where all the money is. You know, if you can get, you know, five family members to play a game together, it makes it that much more appealing for you to drop 150 bucks. You know, if it was just me or Blaine or Kevin or just, you know, one person, we'd really think it over. Like, like Blaine was saying, it's like, look, man, we've got we to gotta really take this shit through to drop 150 bucks. Yeah, and I don't have, like, a crew of, like, full of people that can be playing these type of things anyway, so I don't even look at that stuff. Like, I don't look at the move. I don't care. I don't look at the Wii. I don't give a shit. I don't care about the connect either because it's, I mean, I'm I'm here playing games solo, you know, or I'm on Xbox Live, so I don't really need to connect. But I, I personally, like you're saying with the party thing, that's basically what I saw. You know, like, that's what I, that's how I look at it right now. 
But that's why, like, would it be a bad thing if it was just meant for that? Because they try to make it seem, like, so much bigger. Like, it's going to be, like, the best thing for next-gen gaming. Or, like, any game could be played on it. But if it were meant just for, like, that party thing, would that be bad? No, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, that's that's how I see it. I see it right now as a party uh, game. I, I guess you call it a controller or something, whatever, as a party thing. <laughs> and I'm not going to buy it because I'm not having parties to play this thing. So right now I'm out. You know that's the that's the way I saw it, but it's not definitely not a bad thing. I mean the Wii is is great fun. So why not fill a room up with uh, you know that holodeck looking connect thing? Might as well. There you go. You can sell. I'm sure they'll have the games, party <laughs> games central. Because that's all it can really be used for. Because like you said, you can't you can't do driving games. You can't do sh- first person shooters. You can't have an MMO RPG GTA thing. It it is only really a party game. Like it would work well with two D games because technically you'd just be standing sideways and just running your feet. It could work well with two D games. And driving games actually, they said that it is going to work well with driving games because you're going to be in the seat of the car. That's all yeah. you're going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, but you're going to look like a complete ass clown with your hand <laughs> sticking out in front of you <laughs> like a fucking zombie steering. Yeah. It's like, oh look, I'm driving a car. Dude. Oh, let me shift. Let me let me touch the invisible shifter. It's like you know, some per- some perv is gonna use his Johnson as a fucking clutch or some shit. You know, some some creep because you can do video chatting too. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole new level of just pedophilia and creepiness. Ah. Oh. <laughs> it is. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be you know some little kid's gonna wanna play like. Uh, some racing game, and some guy's yeah. just gonna stand there with his dick out, and the kid's like, "Mommy!" And that's gonna be that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Uno ended up being like the red light district. You know, it was like fucking hell. Can't play yeah, that I think anymore. Yeah, Kevin just made jokes about that, about Uno being yeah. all about just just, just cockpits. Pretty much, I think I'm pretty much quoting Kevin when I say it was like the red light district because I think that's where I first heard it was VGN. It was. Uh, uh, I got it. <laughs> It actually just reminded me of Robot Chicken, Rick, about when they made fun of the Wii Fit, about that Thrust game, the Robot Thrust game. I don't know yes. if you ever saw that episode. I've actually exactly seen that on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, that's exactly what you just said, and it's basically that's how it's going to be. It. You're right. <laughs> yeah, especially with that much with that much camera functionality. You know, it's really just going to be a lot of... There's going to be a lot of people getting banned from Xbox Live just because, you know, it's going to be like... You know, you lose, and then some kid, some guy will turn around and just show you his ass. You know, because it's the connect. You know, it's 3D cameras, motion sensitive. Here, kiss my ass. He's just gonna drop trowel. Gonna be butt cheeks on the screen, and some kid's gonna be like, follow me again, and that'll be that. There you go. How's that? How's that for answering? How's that for answering your questions, Waffles? That was a good one. That was a good one. And um, another question I had was the reason why I was gonna bring up the a PS Move, whatever. Um, it wasn't more just on that, but on motion control systems. When you guys were talking about like the PS Move and then it being like basically another Wiimote, I remembered a YouTube video I saw that they made fun of that. Like, if next generation systems start using just motion controllers, would it really change how people play games? Like, you remember like Nintendo controllers just having two buttons, and you right. had the and then you started getting the Super Nintendo had four buttons, and then yeah, 
had a um, what's it called? 64 with even the back Z button. Like they kept on changing things, but now with the motion controllers, aren't so many buttons anymore, and it's different. Like the way it's held, you don't use the two hands anymore. You have to have a separate controller for the left hand. Like, would it really be a good idea to keep it motion controller, or stay also with how graphic designs are? Well, you know what I it is. Have Go ahead, Blade. I'll let you take it first. I was gonna say I just I just like holding the goddamn controller. That's that's yeah, it. Thank you. I was say He's give it right. to me. My hand. But listen, listen, listen. Right, since I'm back, uh, the thing about Connect is what they showed at the show. You don't use a controller, but there's nothing to stop you from developing developing a game that uses both Connect and a controller in your hand. So think about you're playing a game. You're playing a first person shooter. You can throw a grenade with your hand. You know, you can yeah. aim it that way. It, would, it, it, it can actually complement what you're doing. You know, the thing about Connect 2 is, is that it's not just motion control. It, it's voice command, you know, so you can, it actually understands your voice, and you can point things out while you're playing a game that's going to be a lot better. It, it actually has recognition, so it knows, like, where you are in perspective to what you're doing. I think that there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, they're showing the raft ride and the and the crazy, um, the dance game and everything. But there's nothing that says you can't have a controller in the game. So you guys got to look at the, that this is complementary to, to what you're actually playing now. You're, you're going to still have that ability, but you're going to have all this extra ability that goes with it. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, being able to toss grenades and even that simple thing would, you know, you can just hit a button or... That'd be kind of neat to, or even leaning, like, you know, people lean when they play the driving games or maybe turn your head and look out the window. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, or, you know, you could, play, you could play the Grand Theft Auto and stuff, and when you, you know, you grab the guy out of the car, you could punch him in the face or something, you know, and then you go <laughs> out and drive normally and everything. Because, you know, you, you, you will need, like, a gas pedal and everything like that. It's not going to be able to track your feet, you know, so you're going to have the controller in your hand to do it. But, you know, you're going to have the ability to turn around and, you know, give somebody the finger or something. And, and uh, there's, I think there's a lot of potential to, to what you can actually do when you combine both of them. But right now, right, they're not showing that. They're, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get that, that simplicity going. You know, they don't want to overcomplicate it. They want the girl market. They want the girls to come up and just be like, you know, you just stand there and you dance. You know, and, and that's going to be great for them. But for the hardcore... You, you'll see. They'll they'll do what Sony's doing. They're going to synergize it so that you can use the the um, uh, both. It'll happen. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Way better. Works. Sounds good, Waffles. Yep, that was good right there. Thanks for the thanks for those answers. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for the call. All right, no problem, man. Have a good one. All right. <laughs> See you guys. Later. All right. Um. For those of you that are listening live, there's there's eight minutes of show left. Um, I still want to go through the movies with Blaine and with Kevin because there's really some really crazy stuff I want to hear their opinion on. So if the show does cut out at 1.30, know that you can listen to the rest of the show via archive. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that. With that being said, jumping back into the movie segment, um, Marvel, of course, has been talking about cranking out some more of their third-party movies. One of the movies that there's been a lot of talk about as of late has been a movie about Doctor Strange, and there's a rumor that Grey's Anatomy's Patrick Dempsey is in the role to play Doctor Strange. Thoughts? <laughs> I don't know Doctor Strange, so don't ask me. 
Wow, you don't know Doctor Strange? That motherfucker is one of the oldest characters in Marvel. But all right, I'll let you rock with that. What about you, Kev? I like Doctor Strange. I, you know, I'm old school, so I, I recall him, and um, you know, I, I followed him. But you know, there was there was a there was a genre in comics that you know predates all of us, where um, horror comics were really big. You know. Uh, because kids, young kids couldn't get in to see, you know, horror movies, and you didn't have them, you know, I don't even know if they had television at the time when they were popular. I think they did have TV, but, you know, it was radio mostly. And um, so, you know, kids would buy horror comics, you know, looking for the next, uh, the horror stories, like in the 50s, too, they had a lot of that. And, um, you know, Doctor Strange, I think, was sort of an outgrowth of that, since he basically, you know, fought Dracula and all that kind of crap. Um, they, but then it, you know, evolved into the whole mutant universe as well. I, I, I guess it really sort of depends on where they're going to take it, you know, because I don't think Doctor, Doctor Strange fit into the Wolverine universe, you know. If, if they keep it more classic, uh, Doctor Strange, I think it could be a lot more interesting because he's basically, it's all magic, you know, and I don't know how you're going to tie all that science in and everything with, with the magic angle. That's my opinion. But it's Patrick Dempsey. I don't, I mean, whatever. I mean, by the time that thing gets greenlit, it'll be somebody else, you know? There you go. Okay. Well, you know, in keeping with the comic theme, it seems that our, our favorite um, girl who tries to be a real actress, Megan Fox, is talking about how she wants to play a, a character named, Rain, named Rainmaker from the uh, comic book Gen 13. She says that she'd like to play the character because she's Native American, can control the weather, and she's a lesbian. And uh, later on in the later on in the books, of course, they made her bisexual. But you know, Megan Fox is all about wanting to be that. Just because you know she's Native American, she has a little bit of Native American blood in her. Blah blah blah. She says, "Yeah, I think it'd be a bit of a stretch." But she said, "If Jake Gyllenhaal can be the Prince of Persia, I can be uh, Sarah Rainmaker." And before I get your opinion on that, I gotta tell you, look, Megan Fox serves three purposes in Hollywood: taking nice photos. Um, being in Transformers and just doing a lot of throaty, raspy breathing, and um, being half naked in photos. So the fact that she wants to, that she's coming up with all these harebrained ideas on wanting to do comic book movies, it's like how about going back to the lab and learning how to act? Because you yeah. have zero acting credibility. Oh, I think we should do a movie about like she wants to do a movie based about the movie Fathom. And she also wants to do the, the, the Gen 13 movie. It's like, who put you in a position to decide what movie should come out? You're fucking brainless. You know, yeah, you're, should, you're, you're, you're oxygen on a brainstem. She should have been happy with that Transformers franchise because, yeah, the movies are fucking crap, but holy shit, are they making money like crazy. You just get into the franchise and just stay with it the rest of your life. Like, you know, Tobey Maguire. Just be fucking Spider-Man in every goddamn movie gives a shit. Collect a paycheck. That's right. That's right, and I agree. She should have just stayed collecting a paycheck, but you know, there was a rumor that Michael Bay was too hard on her, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, we, I really wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that, because her saying that Michael Bay was hard on her could be attributed to two ways. Either Michael Bay was hard on her because she's a fucking moron, and it's justifiably so, or she's just a little too soft, and she shouldn't be doing movies. You know, that's yeah. how I see it. Directors are there to fucking direct. tell you what you need to do, and they're going to direct you. Oh, he spoke to me like, poorly. <laughs> hey, stupid. Stupid. You're getting $2 million to wear Daisy Dukes and a cut-off shirt. What, because he told you to go tan? 
because he doesn't want you to look like fucking Casper on the screen next to Shia, who's tanned, you fucking dope. Think yeah, about it. You know, bottle of baby oil and look hot as hell and just shut the fuck up and, you know, dive under this thing and roll over this thing. And I don't know, like, directors direct people. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. I mean, like I say, it's a franchise, man. Just take royalties. You know how many lunchboxes they're selling on that fucking Transformers? God Dude, damn. You know how many posters of her <laughs> they sell? Yeah. yeah. Her image alone, like, would probably get her a check in the mail every couple of weeks for 20 grand. Just to shut the fuck up and take the money. There you go. It really is crazy, dude, but I figured, I figured you guys would love that. And then the other thing I wanted to discuss, of course, Toy Story 3 came out. It's no secret. It's made a fuckload of money. $109 million. Best Good. opening debut ever. Crushed everything. Ever, and now like they're a, talking about... What was that? Ever, like it's made... It was the best opening ever, like of anything, for, or just... Sorry. Best opening ever for a Pixar film. It beat out The Incredibles, which was number one originally, with $70.5 million. And, um, you know, Shrek the Third is, um, you know, it it came behind, you know, it beat out Shrek the Third and The Incredibles. So Pixar has an 11-film record at being at number one. Good for them. I love Pixar, man. WALL-E was fucking awesome. Incredibles was great. Cars, funny. They're making a Cars 2. You know, yep. can't say nothing bad about those guys. They're great. What do you think, Kev? What do you think of the Toy Story franchise just massacring the box office this weekend? You know, it's listen. I like Pixar just like everybody else likes them, and um, but uh, I'm I, I'm getting burned out on the on uh, the the kids movies. Uh, you know, everybody liked Up, and uh, I saw Up, and I I thought it was just okay. Um, you know, it they do a lot of cool stuff. And, and and everything, but I, man, it's still a kids movie to me, and it's like I'm not expecting it to be anything other than that. Don't get me wrong, but I'm at the point where I just I I I I know that the main character is not going to die, you know. I mean, I know that like there's going to be like happiness at the end and everything. So it's like, why am I why am I watching? You know, it's like I I know how we're gonna how it's going to turn out. It's all going to turn out well, you know. And uh, the jokes are always, like, light and, and airy and everything. And there's funny moments. I'm not saying that there's not. You know, they're good movies. But I just, I, I feel like I don't need to spend 10 bucks to go see it at the theater, man. I'll just wait for a dollar at Redbox and watch it that way. You know, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to be bitter, but I just feel like if I'm going to go to the movies and spend money, I want to see something new. And uh, kids' movies just don't do it for me. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'll just wait for it on, on Blu-ray or something. Just give it a rental on Blu-ray because that shit looks brilliant and high def. And you yep. know, I would I've never gone to a theater to see a Pixar movie, but I've watched them all on on Blu-ray or DVD. So but I, I'm a big fan of theirs. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big... So I I spend the money, you know. But I mean, if it, you know, I'm not going to go watch that Karate Kid shit either. You know, I mean, I'm not going to. You know, that's just ridiculous. I it just kids movies in general to me just. You just know how it's going to turn out at the end. You know, you're not walking out of the theater like surprised and say, "Hey, good guys won!" I couldn't believe it. You know, it's out of it. Well, the thing with Pixar right. too is they change it up so much. Like they go from Bugs Life to Wall-E. Like it's always. I mean, I guess it's just the environments and stuff. I don't know how they come up with all their ideas, but you you know, it is the same kind of the same kind of generic cartoon adventure we've been watching since you know Mickey Mouse in the fifties. 
Yeah, they mix oh, yeah. it up. They, you know, they got they got good characters and they got good you know they got good voice acting. They got some really original ideas. You know, they, like you said, it's a good movie, but it's probably better. I just get it on Blu-ray, watch it at yeah. home. I'm going to get the same effect out of it. I don't need the THX sound and all that stuff. No. To, you know, to hear Tom. Well, you can Hanks. get that shit at home. You can yeah, get all that at home for a good fucker. Yeah. And I can pause it and take a piss. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, they're going to do the, the second Cars comes out June 24, 2011. And in addition to that, Disney's uh, really squeezing Hollywood for every ounce of money they're worth because um, Don Hahn, who did, uh, created The Lion King, said that they're going to be re-releasing Beauty and the Beast in 3D and that they're yeah. hard at work on a 3D conversion of The Lion King. Really? Yeah, dude. 3D Already? Lion King, 3D Beauty and the Beast. Imagine... Imagine if those movies were some of the highest-grossing animated features of all time. The possibility that they're going to come out in 3D, they're going to take their time doing it, so you know it's going to be right, and they're going to make just buku money. See, I've never seen anything in 3D. I mean, I get tired of that word 3D, but cartoons, I would imagine, would be would look way better. I, w- I would assume. Oh, yeah. 3D. Like I don't know. I mean, Avatar obviously was shot in, with 3D cameras, like you know. They shot that movie to be 3D, so they didn't have to really, I guess, do much in post-production. But like a cartoon, I mean, they could pull some shit with that stuff. Like even Toy Story, I guess it's in 3D. I mean, that would be amazing to see in 3D. I but I won't pay fifteen dollars to go watch it in 3D. Well, The Lion King is actually one of my favorite movies. I'd, I'd probably fucking be one of the assholes online going to see it. The Lion King's like, at least to me, you know, has a lot of, lot of, lot of significant value. So to me, it's one of my favorite movies. But you know, I'm yeah. more than sure when it comes out on Blu-ray, because the Lion King, I think, comes out in Blu-ray in 2011, they're, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, while you're watching Beauty and the Beast in theaters in 3D, you can pick this up. And, oh, by the way, this is coming out. So, you know, Disney's just going to start just milking it for all it's worth. Well, they know what they're doing. That's why they're Disney. Yeah, I think oh, the yeah. breach is a little bit overwrought. I mean, I, 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 you know, I like Avatar and everything in 3D, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a draw to go in and see a movie in 3D. I, I, one of the problems I have with the 3D is that it seems like it's actually gotten worse than the 3D that it was with the, you know, the old-style 3D because things would come out of the screen at you and stuff, you know? And uh, now oh, yeah. it's like mo- mostly you're just getting some depth uh, on the screen. You know, you're seeing like a, like, a, like, a, like a box. Like you see them in the screen... Sometimes there's a little bit, it comes out a little bit, but none of this stuff that I, you know, I've seen, you know, at amusement parks and stuff are like the, you know, the 3Ds like right in front of my face. And um, it's not there now or something. And I'm not sure if it's just the theaters that, you know, in Cleveland are um, using like crap 3D technology because I heard there's three kinds that are out there. But, um, you know, I've got the tinted glasses. I'm not used like the crazy funky red and blue ones, you know, from the 50s. But um, I, I'm not impressed by the 3D because I just don't feel like it's, it's reaching out to me anymore. I just feel like I'm watching something, you know, that, that has um, a perspective. That, that, but I don't know how that, you know, th- there's no thrill there for me. It's kind of like I could, I could take it or leave it. Okay. You know what's funny? I don't mind 3D, and I'll tell you, I, um, I went and saw Watchmen in IMAX. Um, it was three hours of giant blue dick. It was really, really a bad idea. It really was a bad idea. But um, I can tell you this. The thing with 3D is that watching it for such a prolonged period of time is bound to make your fucking head hurt. 
Like, if you yeah. watch all these movies in 3D, like, I tested out the 3D TVs at the Sony store, and, you know, they were showing, like, Little Big Planet in 3D, and I'm wearing the glasses, and I'm like, fuck, I can't wear this shit for this long. My head will explode. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I could, I could, I mean, I would like to go to the theater, and I, I didn't get to see Avatar, but I, you know they're going to re-release that shit in the theater, and I'll go see it, you know, when it comes back in the theaters and it's back in 3D, I'll go watch it. But, you know, I could handle that for a couple hours, maybe three hours in the theater with 3D movie, whatever, with the glasses, see you later. They're moving into, like, 3D gaming now. I mean, if you're going to pull, like, a five-hour gaming session in three dimensions, your fucking eyeballs are going to... It's got to do something to your brain. Oh, dude, it's going to end terribly. Or, or make it so, like, not the whole damn movie is in 3D, okay? Like, if, 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 like George Lucas going to remake, like, Star Wars in 3D, okay. But if, like, if it's Empire Strikes Back and all that crap is, like, uh, you know, with Yoda and, and him talking to Luke and, you know, or when they're, like, working on the, the, the Millennium Falcon inside the planet and all, or well, the asteroid or whatever, we don't really need to see that in 3D. You know, you can just have something that just indicates, okay, now you maybe want to put your glasses back on. Or, you know, because I don't... You know, we don't need to sit there for two hours with those things on our head, to, you know, just to, to get some perspective. It, it just seems like uh, we're all getting headaches for nothing. Yeah, like the, uh, yeah, you know, racing through the forest on the speeders and stuff would be cool, and, you know, TIE fighters getting blown, and that's all, that makes sense. Exactly, right. But the part yeah. where they're just, like, you know, talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like Luke, I your father type of shit. Like, yeah, okay. Gotcha. I don't really need to see three D hand falling down a fucking chasm. Yeah, well, maybe that that part. But there's lots of dialogue, man. You know, like when they go in to see Jabba the Hutt and everything, and they're just sitting there, and you know, they're talking. Hey, I got a detonator in my hand and everything. You know, that's like a that's a pretty long segment and everything. You don't need to put it on. And then you know, Luke Skywalker goes down and fights a Rancor. Okay, then we put the glasses back on. I I, something like that. I like selective 3D. You're right. It's not it's not fitting to watch a whole movie in 3D because it's like, ugh, really? Like I remember, and and this is this is me dating myself. I saw the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street sixth, I believe, and it was the uh, the last one where Freddy was dead. And pretty much the way they did it, it was um, the the movie was regular 2D, and then there's a part where the girl has to go inside Freddy's mind. And the guy, the, the guy who was helping her do it was played by Yafit Koto, and he gives her a pair of 3D glasses. And, of course, that's the signal when she put he's like, oh, this will help. It's like you're going inside <laughs> the mind of a serial killer, and you're giving me a, some 3D glasses. What the fuck is wrong with you? So she puts on the 3D glasses. Of course, everybody in the theater, that's your cue, put them on. And then, okay. you know, the first scene, the first scene, she holds a baseball bat. And, of course, the baseball bat comes out of the screen. I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome. But, you know, it was good because it was selective. Like, it'd be cool if it just said, like, a little graphic came up, like, oh, Luke is fighting the Rancor. Put the glasses on. Yeah, that'd be fucking sweet. Right. I agree. That, that's the way they got to do it. Then it would be a lot more entertaining. Because I, I, I do have a hard time. Even with Avatar, it was long, and it was cool and everything. But wearing those glasses the whole time, you know, I'm, I sit there and I think to myself, while well, I got them on, I'm thinking, I wonder if I'm going to go blind. <laughs> you know, like, I wonder if this is screw my vision up somehow by wearing these, you know? I don't know. It, well, you know what it is? If you wear eyeglasses, they say that the 3D vision 
and um, I'm actually going to bring Slick. Slick can actually um, co-sign to that. When we tested the 3D TVs, he wears glasses, and he was wearing them, and he's like, dude, he goes, my fucking head is killing me. So it's like, if that's just you watching TV, imagine if you have to watch, and this is just for argument's sake, imagine if you have to watch the Super Bowl in 3D. Everyone right. would, everyone's right. head would implode. Right. And you're drinking. Like, that's no fun if you're drinking. Like, they had that one kid that come out of the uh, fucking Alice in Wonderland or something. He was watching it in 3D, and he could barely walk properly. He was missing the curb. He was falling down. So, of course, he's dumb enough. He got into his car and fucking rolled it and killed himself. Way to go. Because his eyes had a problem coming back from being twisted into the 3D mode. I don't know... Maybe he was a special case or something, but they seem how to are you gonna, how, how are you going to sit around and watch the Super Bowl with those dumb glasses on with your friends and everything? Well, dude, yeah. they were broadcasting uh, FIFA soccer games in 3D. I, I, that's, you know, I, I understand why they want to do that, but I, I can't see how real sports fans are going to sit there with that crap on. I mean, it just... It, it, Nintendo's got it right, man. Lose the glasses, come up with some funky te- television technology so that, like, if I just look at it with my regular eyes, it's in 3D. Okay, maybe that. But th- the glasses is just not going to work, man. People aren't just not going to do it, you know? Yeah, if you've yeah, you got the TV on and you're, you're, you're vacuuming the house or something, you just poke your head in the room to see something's on TV and, oh, fuck, I've got to put my glasses on because it's all blurry and shit. <laughs> You know, you don't need that crap. And then if you're really, if you're watching a hockey game in three-dimensional or even soccer or something, like, what's 3D? The, the fucking menu graphic and the advertising, the game probably doesn't look any different. Unless they're right down on the field with the cameras and stuff. There you go. Hold on, let me bring Slick in for, for this. Uh, Slick, you're on the air. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, doing, we're doing bonus show footage, my friend, bonus show. Yeah, but um, definitely, only uh, only on Rich's birthday. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Only for my birthday. But um, I gotta tell you, dude. And we were talking about the thing with the 3D TV. Um, definitely share with them how how it was for you, because you know you got a headache right after that. How how how'd you feel putting that shit on? The type of headache that you get from watching it is worse than, and I know Rich would know, but. It's worse than a headache you get after a long night of drinking. And the whole problem is, you mentioned that kid that I guess he watched Avatar and then killed himself somehow. This stereoscopic 3D shit, it engages each eye individually. So it's like your brain is taking twice the, the strain because one eye is looking at one picture and the other eyes looking at another picture. You're looking at the same picture, but you're looking at it twice. And that's where the whole 3D thing is coming from. And that's why they're having the problem with 3D gaming and all this shit, because a game that's supposed to run at 60 frames per second actually has to run at 120 frames per second because it's two different shots and all this other bullshit. And that's why I'm, I'm glad the 3DS is, you know, no glasses, and you can turn it off if you want to. Because that's the other thing, that's part of why the whole 3D thing makes people go wonky. Is like, you got to look at it head on, because if you look at it from the side, it doesn't matter whether it's glasses or whatever, the image looks extra crazy because it's only made to be looked at from, like, a 90-degree angle. 
I mean, it, it's a, it, I, I, it's a technology. I, I, it go, this 3D thing goes against like all common sense. Like you know, you, you we've had 3D. We we we've had it forever. It's not new, you know. And and it's like they're treating it like this is some new thing. Sony's bet the farm on it, man. Every t- you know, tons of people went out and just bought their first high definition TV. They spent a fortune on the thing. And now they're coming out and saying you've got to buy another one so it supports 3D with the Blu-ray player that supports the 3D in order to watch these movies. I, nobody's going to do it, man. You know, there's going to be, like, a few rich people that are going to do it or people that, you know, their TV burned up in a fire or something and they're going to get one. But, you know, and, and then, you know what they're going to do? They're going to step on the glasses. The glasses are going to get shoved in the couch cushion. It's going to be covered in Cheeto cheese and boogers and everything. And then it's, it's, it's it. They're never going to use it again. I just yeah. think it's, the, it's horrible. And the it's glasses are 150 though. bucks. Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude, $150 glasses, right, Slick? I think the guy at the store, he said, well, this is Sony specifically. The TV was like 55 inches. It was $5,000 for the TV. It came with two pairs of glasses. And he said, I guess specifically if you're buying that TV, you get a deal quote-unquote, that if you need additional glasses, you only pay $100 each. But, yeah, I think you're right. If you're just buying the glasses without a TV or anything, it's more. Imagine that, Kevin. Imagine for you to enjoy TV with, say, your Brian, with Brian Anderson and Larry Mack, and you have to shell out $100 a pair for glasses. Uh, it's insane. Nobody's going to, I mean, yeah, well, Brian might trick his girlfriend into buying him some or something. But, I, I mean, it, it, it's just, look, most people's houses I go over to don't have the good digital sound, you know. They got the TV hooked up probably wrong. They don't know what an HDMI cable is. Uh, if they do got all that figured out, they don't have, like, a good receiver that gets the good sound. They don't got the speakers behind them and everything. So right there... Right there, you're, they're, they're missing out on the whole movie theater effect, you know? A lot of people just just have things sort of half-baked, which is fine, right? But I don't see how the, the, the industry thinks that all of a sudden people are going to have these ideal setups with the Blu-ray player and the HDMI cable going into the TV and to get these glasses right. All they're going to get is, like, a bunch of people with eye strain and lawsuits, and, and it, it, it's going to be a big fail. I, I bet if they actually sold the DVD separately, like the 3D versus the regular one, um, the, the people that still like actually buy DVDs um, will not buy the 3D because it's it just it's just going to be a huge industry like failure. That's yeah, you know that's my opinion. Because technology is moving so fast. I mean, I love these douche nozzles who think they've got these. You know, look at this fucking HD. I'm like, it ain't HD, dude. And I, I can tell it's not HD. Modelprice.com. I paid nine bucks for that same fucking cable. You think you're paying, you know, a hundred dollars for a monster cable, and it's the same shit. People are getting ripped off. They don't know how to use their stuff. It's just, it's funny to look at some of these people's setups. I'm like, well, why? It, it's not high def. You're just stretching an image to widescreen. It doesn't mean anything. You know, like. Yep, that's like uh, keeping uh, up uh, with the Joneses effect. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like, I'll go in and I'll tweak people's shit for them. You know, I I need to make a. I need to go into business doing this stuff because I think 80% of the people that own this stuff are just dumb. They just figure that, you know, like like an old TV set. You plug it in and it works. That's not how it works anymore. Yeah, but both of you just hit it on the head because 
He said, they think that everybody's going to have the optimal setup at home, and then he said that you should go into business. The reason why they think everybody's got the optimal setup at home is because people like Sony and Panasonic and all these companies that are that are coming out with the 3D TVs, they think everybody's going to Best Buy, buying a TV, and then going to Magnolia and having them install it for them. And people mm-hmm. don't want to spend that extra money. Right. Nope, $150 install in Magnolia for them to come wire up your TV and throw it up on the wall for you. And you know what it is? It's just the fact that if you're going through the trouble of dropping $3,000 on a television, take half an hour, do it while you're working if you want, and research what you're buying. You see these guys coming in. You know how many times I'm in Best Buy, and, there's a, and it's always, you know, middle-aged, you know, it's a terrible stereotype. It's a middle-aged white guy. He'll walk by and like, hey, man. What do you think of this TV? And I go, well, this TV's kind of shitty because of this, this, and this. You might want to try looking at this. Did you also calibrate it because you gotta, you could get yourself a calibration disc for twenty bucks? Don't pay for that. And the guy's like, oh wow, how do you know all this stuff? Google you fucking dope. What do you think? Yeah. I'm buying Google a three thousand dollar TV. What, what do you think I'm going to do? It's a three. It's $3,000. I'm not going to research $3,000? You're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, never again do I pay that much for a TV either because everything's so cheap now. I just throw it away. Fuck it. Every five years, buy new stuff for $800 for two grand. You know? people, so, people don't don't research, man. They just buy it, and they think they're going to get it. You know, Like my brother, you know, they bought a high-definition TV, and I went over there. And I said, well, you know, you don't have high-definition cables. You don't, you're not getting high-definition signal. And uh, his girlfriend was like, oh, we got it. That, that's high-definition cable. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, no, it ain't. It's digital. They don't know the difference between digital and high-def. And, and I was just like, cable box at 720, dude, it's not, you know? And, and the thing is, with TV, with TV, the only time you're truly getting high-def on TV if you're watching the fucking Super Bowl or, like, the NBA Finals, everything else is maxing it at 720p tops. I mean, the best picture you can get right now from TV is probably Files, and even though that's a great picture, that shit ain't HD either. Yeah. Except for, like, the, the, um, like the on-demand movies and shit like that. Are you talking, like, true 1080? Yeah, I mean, well, really, the only time you're getting that is when you're watching sports. Yep. Right, yeah. Most of the time it's 720, I think, at best, over here, like where I'm getting it anyway. But, you know, it's high def and it's, there's a huge difference. But, you know, what are you going to do? I'm switching it over, I think, to satellite now because it's cheaper. But, you know, it's still going to be high def and, you know, and gaming looks great. You know, a lot of these guys, I'm sure, don't have the HD cable, but they, they have the gaming system. They got the PS3 or the Xbox, and at least they're, you know, the majority of the time is probably spent gaming anyway because everything else is done on the Internet. There you go. Basically, well, I got, well, I got the, um, the last two bits of uh, movie news. First off, uh, they're finalizing casting for the Fright Night remake. Uh, this girl's name is the worst name ever. Her name is Imogen Poots. P-O-O-T-S. And she was in 28 Weeks Later, and she's going to be, you know, the, the love interest in Fright Night. Uh, Colin Farrell is playing the vampire. Anton Yelchin is playing the, the, the lead. David Tennant is playing um, the character of Peter Vincent. 
and uh, McLovin is playing Evil Eddie. That's your that's your Fright Night cast, folks, for the remake. Oh, we should get cute. I just Googled it. Yeah, they're just gonna remake everything. <laughs> I, just don't I don't mind. Know. I don't mind this. I don't mind this remake because the casting is decent. I don't think Colin Farrell is gonna be able to pull off that douchiness that Chris Sarandon pulled off. You know, Colin Farrell is gonna be there with, trying to hide his Irish accent, and that's gonna be the. It's gonna be ninety minutes of Colin Farrell hiding his Irish accent and trying to to bag a girl. You know, that's pretty much a day in his real life. Yeah. Play yourself, Colin. Congratulations. Yeah. He's just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a vampire, you know. Me and, uh, oh, hey, hey, how you doing there, Peter Vincent? Everybody's oh, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll go down okay. to the pulpit. Have yourself a beer. It's going to be just, I'm like, oh, God. They could have picked anybody else but him. I like Colin Farrell when he's playing a douchebag. But, like, you know, yeah. a cop douchebag or a detective douchebag. douchebag. Play a douchebag leprechaun. Oh, I'm a leprechaun. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Well, it gets yeah. better because you know what they're doing? An a, a remake of Footloose. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, uh, yeah. Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid is playing the Reverend. Um, there's an actor named Miles Teller is going to play Willard, who was played by Chris Penn in the original. Uh, Julianne Hoe from Dancing with the Stars is going to play the love interest, Ariel. And they're going to use a newcomer, a guy named Kenny Warmald. He's going to play Ren McCormick. Huh. Nice. It's nice, huh? Oh, man. These, these fucking remakes, it's just, I just tune them all out now. It's unreal. Even shit I didn't even know existed before is remade. You know, it's, it's so hard to keep track of this stuff. There's a movie every two seconds. It doesn't help either. But, you know. Whatever they can do, nobody's original making up anything, or nobody's making up anything original anymore. It's, it's uh, you know, but then again, you know, some, some of the stuff you'd like to see redone, you know, like I would, I would never want to see Wizard of Oz redone, but apparently they're floating a script around. Yep, for a prequel to tell the story of the wizard, which nobody's going to give a fuck about. Um, they're oh, going to remake RoboCop, which I already said yeah. they're going to do. Yeah, what else are they doing? I can't even remember. There's so many of them. You know. They should remake bad movies and try to make them better. Instead of taking yeah, good movies, making them worse. You know, that's they should problem. remake Ishtar. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, really. I mean, yeah, just just make a movie that take take a movie that didn't quite work out so well and 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 do it over. I mean, what is it? Marvel kind of did that with the Hulk. You know, I mean, it's like you gotta, you know, just try again, man. Just be like, you know, you know that didn't that didn't go so well. Let's just do it again, you know, and uh, maybe we'll make money this time. Take, taking it, take, I don't know. Footloose, though, I mean, I didn't really get in line to go see it the first time it was out, you know. I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know if it matters if they're going to remake it or not. I wouldn't mind it's going to fail. And the main reason why it's going to fail is uh -oh. because there's no way in hell that they can recapture, I'll buy that for a dollar. Good point. They can't. But you know what the best part is? It's just the fact that of all the movies that are getting remade, if you're going to remake something, and I like Kevin's idea about remaking bad movies, why don't they remake Howard the Duck? Just remake <laughs> that. I love that you know, movie. <laughs> it was a piece of shit, though. <laughs> Dude, you get the kid. 
you'll get the kids, you'll get merchandise. Like, imagine just buying plush Howard the Ducks and cheesy Hawaiian shirts and shorts at Target. Dude, it's a fucking gold mine. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie's remaking The Blob. I never saw the original Blob, but it sounded like shit just from the, you know, just from the title of the movie. I don't know what Dude, they're going to do seen, with the Blob movie. I've, I've seen the original and the remake of the original, and it's pretty much, oh, look, this Blob. Oh, it's killing people. All right, the end. It's like Attack of the Killer Tomato. There you go. They should remake that in 3D. Like, have you seen... You've seen Black Dynamite? You know, if at least they did it in the vein of, like, a Black Dynamite kind of movie, that'd be, it'd be fucking, like, the greatest thing ever. Black, you know, Black Dynamite is incredible. Yeah. If you I own seen that Black shit Dynamite, on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. So good. Well, and that pretty Jai much White. covers, uh... What was that? I was going to say, Michael Jai White being in Black Dynamite, also being in that uh, little uh, trailer for a Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, I was actually trying to get him for the show. I emailed his agent through IMDb, but um, never heard back, so. Oh, damn. Yeah, dude, I'm, try- I'm trying. That's the, that's, the, that's the trick, my friend. You got to go, that- go after him like that. That'd be fucking awesome. That, guy, that dude's awesome. I mean, Dark Knight, Black Dynamite. What, what the fuck? What else do you need? He's got a resume already that's uh, stellar in my books, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that, dude. Well, that pretty much wraps up all the all the news for the show, pretty much. And um, uh, of course, before I let you guys go, I'll uh, I'll start with with you, Blaine. Uh, give us a big plug again, by all means. Bornstubborn.com. You know, basically just a bunch of dudes shooting the shit like usual. We we you know we party, we talk about it, we you know comment on current events and, you know, try to make it as offensive as possible. There's no rules, you know. We've got a bunch of really offensive characters. The lines back there, we crossed it a long time ago, so bornstubborn.com. I love the interviews you guys do, the YouTube videos you do, like when you were interviewing the terrorist. Fucking hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, and Justin gotta, Bieber, the Justin Bieber interview. Yeah, we try to, like I say, we're, we're, we're kind of throwing some ideas around and they fall a little bit flat, but then we you turn it turn it into a fucking video. It's just a, just an excuse for me to screw around with some of this video editing software and hopefully apply it to something that's actually worthwhile later on in life. There you go. And of course, uh, <laughs> Mr. Beard. Of course, hit us with the hit us with the uh, with the plugs for all the shows, please. Just go to videogamenews.com, first post on the front page, just click on that, and uh, you'll tell you how to get all the shows that we do. And, um, you know, Rich, uh, your show gets better every, like, all the time. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm really glad you're sticking with it. You know, uh, I know, you know, you, you originally started, then you stopped for a while, then, you you know, now you've gone back into it full full speed ahead, and uh, your show um, just keeps improving, man. You just got to keep, keep doing it, because um, I, don't, I don't know... You know, you know me. I don't know what the magic is to uh, suddenly make a million dollars doing this kind of shit, but um, you, you're getting better at it. You know, every day. So just um, keep podcasting, man. It's uh, it's good. Thanks, it's I good appreciate stuff. it. Yeah, man, you're catching steam like crazy. I can't believe My Take Radio, especially like you say, the second, like the current version of My Take Radio is just fucking skyrocketed. They get, you know, you got the business cards going, and the, you know, the, you got a crew with you, and you know, New York helps. 
New York does help, but and this, this is something, and, and you know, I can even share it because it's for the bonus show. It's it's one thing, and Kevin can relate, and I'm sure you can too. It's just a, 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 a huge amount of frustration just on the fact that, you know, the numbers are beautiful, and, and they put a smile on my face because, you know, people actually want to hear my bullshit. But it's just the fact that the interactivity is non-existent. You know, when you look at, put it like this, when you look at a fan page, and you see you have 133 fans, you know, the, the logic dictates your forum should have 133 members. But you have 133 fans, and then you have 34 members, out of, which, out of the 35 are the most active. You know, it's, it's a big fucking problem, you know, and it doesn't, it, it helps that you're working, but it doesn't help that you're not getting that feedback or that communication that you usually get. And that's one of the things that, you know, I said it at the top of the broadcast, and, you know, I'll say it now. Uh, you know, I love my listeners. They're, they're great. They support the show. But it's like you support the show, but are, are you supporting the show, you know, because you're by listening? When, or are you supporting the show just because you know me? You know, like there should just be, hey, I like what he has to offer. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of my listeners and a lot of you guys, you don't, you're not big on the MMA. Okay, cool. There's a lot of you guys not big on the wrestling. Hey, that, that's fine. But you know what it is? If people don't share that shit, how are we supposed to know how to improve? And I see Kevin do it all the time. You know, he puts out, you know, questions and stuff like, hey, what can we do? What do you guys like? What don't you like? And you want to hear that feedback because, yeah, we do it, and we enjoy doing it, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel for us. But on the same token, it's like it, it, we, we don't grow without you. You know, we, we need your feedback. Otherwise, the numbers are meaningless. Yeah, yeah I mean, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, I, like, I, I was just going to say that um, the uh, it's about 1%, uh, 1, 1, 1% of your audience is actually going to participate. You know, we, um, we broadcast out to over 1,500 regularly, and um, we, we probably don't even talk to, you know, um, a handful of those people. My forum basically has about 15 active people in it, um, and uh, yet, you know, it, it's probably even greater than 1,500 people because of the, the different ways that we actually distribute our show. And, right. um, you know, it, it, then you hear from people every so often when there's an email thing and stuff or people are being nice. But, you know, you got to understand, too, people aren't in front of the computer like you are all the time, you know. They're, they got jobs. They're driving around when they're listening to your show. When they go home, their wife and kid and everything else that's going on, they're not thinking about your show, you know, and then they pick their iPod up the next day, and then they're driving to work, and then they're listening to it again, and they're like, oh, well, you know, they, they forget your email, they forget how to find the show, and it's basically something that you just got to keep doing it, and then, you know, over time, eventually, one day, that dude or that girl will be sitting in front of their computer somewhere, and they'll, they'll send you off a nice email, but yeah, you're, you're always going to be in the dark. You know, I, I think it's just it's part of it's part of doing radio in general. You know, I when you when you do the uh, um, a terrestrial radio show, you know, those guys get phone calls and everything. But most of those phone calls are like people are drunk or out of their mind. You know, and you know that they're reaching sane, normal people. But most people just have lives. Their 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 lives aren't to write in or or participate beyond that. You know, they're just listening and um, yeah, you're you're totally right. But you're, you'll never get the kind of response you're looking for. You'll never organize like a an army of listeners that will um, 
you know, unless you get millions of fans, and then you'll just you'll still have one percent. You know, you'll have like a thousand people. It's it just it's just how it is. Yeah, right. that's an been, interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, like for me too, I was gonna say like it's always been like kind of a hobby. Like you know, you look at the numbers and you know you're moving shows because you got you know a, a a good handful of gigabytes of bandwidth moving a month and. You know, but you get the odd email, and it's. I've always looked at it as a hobby. Like I could really care less if I ever make money with any of this shit. I mean, I remember talking into fucking uh, tape recorders when I was a little kid, like pretending I was a radio guy. You know, and finally, like a podcasting thing comes around, and holy shit, I could actually do this. But for me, it's just an excuse to talk to friends I haven't talked to in a while. You know, a few weeks yeah. go by, and you know, I don't, I don't, I don't actually call anybody on the phone. I just get a hold of them on Skype and say, hey, you want to do a fucking podcast and yak, yak, yak. And, you know, that's just kind of the way I've always done it. You know, like I say, it, if I ever make, you never, never expect to make money off this shit. It, listen, it's a new medium. And, and the youth generation listens to it. And, and, and the, the, the older people that are running the, the country and the world right now don't have any real idea how to, how to monetize it, how to work with it. They don't get it. They, you know, and, and I think that you just have to stick it out, man. You just got to go, you know, go forward, do years of this stuff, and you will find that those people that are old will step aside and the, the youth will move into place, and you'll, you'll see it start to be uh, monetized, and you'll, it'll grow. Your audience will become bigger because, you know, you are producing content and the content is what people are after. And, and as long as you have the content, they'll, they'll come to you to get it. And, you know, you, there's a lot of competition out there, but, you, you know, if you have a unique thing and people enjoy what you do and you're very good at what you do, then it will come. But it's going to take a long time because, like I said, you, you've just got to build off your audience. You know, it's a, it's a young audience mostly that's listening. You're not probably going to get a lot of 50-year-old guys tuning into podcasts. And um, it, it, as these things grow, you know, that 14-year-old that listens to your show now will be the, um, the business executive, you know, at, at 30 and all that kind of stuff down the road. And so you just gotta, um, you just got to stick it out. And they'll remember who you are because, you know, they'll follow you. I've been doing the show for, you know, VGM for six years, and people will, um, uh, you know, still be listening. You know, I mean, Nutman, I think, was in diapers when he started listening. He's in college now, you know, that kind of thing. It's, um, nice. it, 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 people will, uh, you know, you, 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 you hang on to who you have, you gain more people and it, it will continue to grow, you know, for any show that actually sits down and does it. But just like Blaine saying, you know, in the short term and, and maybe for forever, you know, if you're going to try and turn a buck doing this and if your name's not Leo Lepore, I don't think you're going to make any money. Yet. Yeah. You know, it's really get a sponsor. It's not going to happen. I wonder if, like, I guess it would change if they, you know, obviously the Internet now used to just be on your computer. Of course, now it's in the phones and stuff, and then eventually it's going to make its way to cars, which will even be yeah. more convenient once they start plugging that Internet shit into the satellite radios and stuff, and you're able to actually download podcasts in your vehicle, and who knows how it'll even be just, it could even, you could even go live in cars through the Internet. Like, I mean, there's so many possibilities. It really, yeah, is, it's, it really is a great thing. It, it's just about content, and it's about getting your name out there, but you got to build off of it. Because, you know, we, the thing is, dude, you know, you got a professional show. It, it works really good. 
you got a good thing going on. Okay, blog talk radio sometimes has some quality control issues. You can't help that. But the thing is, is that where, where we all lose is we don't have money to market. You know, we don't have the budget to go out there and advertise. There's no real way for people to find your show except word of mouth. You know, and, uh, you know, maybe they do a search. Maybe they run across it by accident. You know, they're, they're looking for something. But generally, they can't find your show. So, you know, that's where we hurt. And the only way you can really deal with it is to just stick it out, man, and just keep, keep plugging away. Because if you have a good, it's just like anything else. If you have a good product, then, you know, people will find it in order to buy it. And the same thing is with, with radio. If you have a good show, people will, will want to listen to it, and you'll just, you can just build it from there. That, you know, unfortunately, that's the only way you can do it. You know, we all can't be um, CBS or something and then, you know, um, have millions of dollars and everything to hire salespeople and all that shit. Yeah. So. Gillette, Gillette isn't coming to us to sponsor. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, right. I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things that I, pre- and, you know, I appreciate the support you guys gave me. You know, Kevin, of course, for giving me giving me a break on his show and 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 Blaine in the in the CSR days, you know, and then the you know the born stubborn days. It, well, actually, the, the CSS days, I should say. The fact of the matter is that you know I took it and I woke up one day and I said, you know what, I have a really unique view on life just because of all my experiences and all my stuff. So you know, I'm like, I'll, I'll try it again. And now it's become, you know, with the advent of Twitter and all this stuff, it's really helping. I'm really reaching out to a diverse audience. I just want to I wanna try and just connect with them more just because I don't want it to seem like, oh, I'm doing the show, he doesn't acknowledge us, blah, blah, blah. You know, like you, you want to connect with them more. Yeah. They, they, but, again, dude, they just, they, they're, your audience is, is uh, they got lives. You know, that's just the way you got to think of it. You know, they're just busy people. Everybody's busy, and a lot, you know, and even if they're not, where they find their entertainment probably isn't um, shooting you off an email or participating in your forum. You know what I mean? They come home from work, or they've done handling their duties, and they're playing video games and stuff, and they got you on in the background. I mean, it's just how it is, you know. How, when you listen to terrestrial radio, I mean, how often are you shooting off an email to somebody, you're, you know, you're writing the, 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 to Rome? You know, no. I mean, and it's the same thing. You know, it, it, yeah, you're right. People, people are just not going to really stop what they're doing, and, and and it's not that they don't enjoy what you do. It's just that, um, you know, it, it's the great mystery of of uh, trying to find out who's listening to what, and you know what they really want to hear. But um, the only, you know, it, it's better than the old days because I mean, you know. With regular radio, you really have no idea who's listening. I mean, at least you get that number now that kind of says how many people have listened to your show. You know, I mean, that's kind of cool because otherwise you could, I mean, imagine just being on some crap radio station. You'd be talking, you'd be sitting there wondering to yourself, I wonder if anybody's even listening. You'd have no idea, you know. So, No, it is, it is an amazing thing. But, again, you know, I, I appreciate the support you guys have given me, you know, and you guys have given me a lot of, creative outlet outlet and i appreciate that you know and uh, i'm trying to pay it forward you know blaine works on a lot of the web stuff for my take radio he, he's very talented with that and you know it's, it's the same thing it's up at, at some point you know it's just a matter of you guys gave me a break and i just want to try and pay it forward you know hey i appreciate it man 
Listen, I just I enjoy listening to your show. I listen to it all the time. It's so content rich that I I just um, uh, I'm, I'm amazed at how prepped you are every week. Um, as far as podcasts go, you've got to be the most prepped guy I listen to, um, especially <laughs> for an internet show. Because I don't know how you get the time to like sit down and figure out everything you're going to talk about. Um, but it's, it's pretty amazing because nobody else does it. Most people just play it by ear, you know, and even on the professional shows, half the time they, they've got nothing uh, on you. So you, um, you're, you're doing something right, man. You should keep it up. But listen, guys, I gotta go. I got I actually yeah, gotta go to mass in the morning. Yeah, well, I know, but I gotta get up at like 7.30 and it's 2, 2 11 right now. So I totally gotta get, get going. All right, guys. Thank, thank you both thank for... You. Uh, Coming in. All right, Kevin, nice talking to you, man. Yeah, good talking to you, Blaine. It's been a long time. Take it easy, guys. Later. All right, later, Kev. All right, Blaine, I'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah, no kidding. Three hours and ten minutes. we got to go to bed. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. Thank you very much, dude. It was awesome. All right, brother. Later. Have a good night. All right, you just listened to My Take Radio, episode 48, for Thursday, June 24th, 2010. You can download this and any other shows by heading over to blogtalkradio.com slash mytakeradio or looking for My Take Radio on iTunes. If you'd like to email the show, the email address is mtrhost at gmail.com. In addition... If you're on Facebook, you can become a fan on the Facebook fan page. It's facebook.com slash mytakeradio. Or if you're using Twitter, you can follow my personal account. It's twitter.com slash akuma25, A-K-U-M-A, the number 25. Or you can follow the show account at twitter.com slash mytakeradio. With that said, that's going to wrap up the show. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the bonus content. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.